Well, and good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn, and he's Griffin. Stan is here. He's getting situated. we got a lot to do on a Friday edition of the program. Coming up in a bit, we will, of course, it's Friday, so we'll check in with our buddy Bo Smolka, Press Box Ravens beat writer. Learn a little bit more about the Colts and also talk some Ravens with one of our favorites, of course, former Ravens defensive coordinator and Colts head coach, Mr. Chuck Pagano will join us a little bit later on in the program. He is still involved television-wise on uh, Wish TV in Indianapolis. Although I think he's living in Idaho, if I remember correctly from the last time we talked. He's uh, he's doing the magic of technology to be involved in television in Indianapolis. Um, and then also this morning, the Hall of Famer, James Lofton, is going to join us. He's on the call for Ravens Colts Sunday on CBS. So we will catch up with him, get his thoughts on what he's saw, seen from the Ravens offensively so far. All that coming up on the program this morning. Today's show brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. They have a hiring event coming up Saturday, October 28th at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Jopper Road in Towson. You can complete just about every layer of the process if you are interested in joining the Baltimore County Police Department. Written test, agility test. All of the application process, plus if you want to just learn more about the opportunities that you might have in the Baltimore County Police Department, members of the various specialized units will be there in attendance to try to inform you a little bit more about what you could do with the Baltimore County Police Department. And it's also a community event, so it's a trunk or treat. You can bring out your kids. Not only can they get candy, but it's something that we talk about. It's an opportunity to kind of create relationships in places where maybe there hasn't been a lot of trust with the police departments over the years. So it's an opportunity for you to interact with the Baltimore County Police Department, to learn about them, what they're all about, talk with them, talk through some of the issues that you may have with policing. That's why these events exist. It's for hiring. It's also for community gathering. Find out more by calling 410-887-4584 or going to joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Is there any way with your connections with them that they could waive the agility test? Oh, for someone like you. Someone this, like Is this me. your moment? Is this? Have you been thinking about this for I've some time? i thinking about it for a long time. You know, over here, uh, you're looking at someone who I believe got the greatest score in the history of the agility test for the Baltimore County Police Department. Really? Flying That's what they colors. Wow. Flying So could there colors. be like an average, like for media oh, people? You oh, you don't have to get to my level. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was, I was... I aced it. I showed yeah, up but, there, and they were they were they, raving about it. The, so they'd pass me with like a zero agility? Zero would be the number that we're looking for. Yeah, I got a standing ovation as I was. Plus, I, I was barely awake. It was like 7 in the morning. They don't expect that's why you. That's why you were able to pass. That's the only reason, right? If my, bo- didn't my body didn't know any better than to shut down in the middle of it. Actually, it was funny because I when when they told me what I was doing, I heard one mile run in 13 minutes. I'm like, who can't run a mile in 13 minutes? And then I got there, and it was a mile and a half in 13 oh. minutes. And I said, so they get you to show well, up. I'm pretty sure I can do that, but it, I'm not certain. <laughs> and then I got to be honest with you, and I felt this way. The people that were there that wanted to be police officers were not finishing their mile and a half run in 13 minutes. And I said to myself, I didn't train for this. This is not yeah. a good sign. 
if you're looking to become a police officer, that you're not able to accomplish that. But that's what you need to know going in. And look, honest to God, if I can do it, seriously, look at me. If I can do it, you can do it. I promise you're capable of it. Stan, good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you, Griff. Good to see you, Stan. Um, obviously, it was not a good night in Cleveland for the Orioles. It was not a good day. Uh, you and I were all giddy as we were chatting yesterday because the Angels were leading late and blew that. And yep. then the Orioles yep. rallied late and then blew that. Yep. Losing 5-2, uh, the lead in the ALE shrinks to one and a half games uh, as the Orioles continue their series in Cleveland this weekend. But really, I, two and a half. Uh, I would. The, I always say that that half game counts. That or that the well, tiebreaker two. counts as a half game. Yeah, exactly. But it's right. really two yeah. because the, the uh, tiebreaker. Yeah, exactly the tie right. Um, I'm feeling a, a bunch of things about last night's game. It, it's it's sort of weird how this team, for as good as they are offensively, goes through these stretches like 15 innings and over two days where they don't score a run, and we all know what happened last week, but. I think for the most part, we're all comfortable that the offense is probably not going to be the reason why the Orioles don't make a run towards the World Series this season. But I think now the conversation about the bullpen is getting louder and louder. And when we have it, it's important. I don't blame the bullpen specifically for the fact that they lost to the last two games. They didn't. They scored one run on Wednesday. Yesterday, they scored two. They've scored three total runs over two games. Mm -hmm. So I don't individually blame the bullpen for the fact that they've lost back-to-back games. But that was a game that they led late, and whether it was one nothing or seven six, you would like to be able to finish that off. Last night, that was a game that was two two, and frankly, you had one of your more consistent, more reliable relievers of late going into the game last night. I feel like there is growing concern that ultimately what will end up dooming this team, whenever it might be, will be the back end of the bullpen without Felix Batista. Yeah, it would appear that way, but really what's the undoing is the fact that, and I don't expect it to change, and that's why I still feel that Jack Flaherty may be the single most important arm that they have. Obviously, right he looked really good earlier this week. Um, I didn't think he looked great this week, but uh, but the reason is because they continually have to cover three and four innings every night. Our starting pitching hasn't and probably won't go much longer than than five or six. But that is modern postseason 100%. baseball. It, there are no there are no Sandy Koufaxes. You know, pitching on three days rest and throwing 135 pitches and shutting down the Twins. Everybody gets a good bit of rest, but the innings buildup or lack thereof in the Orioles is really, it's it's really the heart and soul of the problem more than the fact that our bullpen arms aren't good. It's that they're so overtaxed. It's it's amazing. I, I think they're somewhere on that spectrum. You're 100 percent right that they have been overburdened. There's no question about that. I, you know, again, how many of them I was confident in to begin with, right? Like, I, it's disappointing that Kuloma struggled of late because he was one that you were confident in going into this. I don't know how many more of them. I mean, D.L. Hall of late has been the one that you found confidence in. A little bit, yeah. Um, just because of his recent performances, and they they cannot afford to not have any confidence in Shintaro Fujinami. They've got to have some confidence in him 
whether he inspires that confidence yeah, I, or not. I don't know how they can. That's the the difficult part about the conversation. I yeah. they keep they do they keep putting them in situations. They, yeah. they keep putting Jorge Lopez yeah. in close games, despite the fact that well, he's not going to be available in the, in the postseason, postseason. Obviously, yeah. but of late they've continued to try. Do you know what's really an alarming thing that I see? And it was the same when Bautista was healthy. Bautista, Cano. And and uh, Lopez, and maybe just about everybody, they do such a poor job. Our bullpen at keeping base runners close. Well, that's, they that's just exact. give them extra bases between pass balls, wild pitches, and oblivious obliviousness. Is that a word? Yeah, sure. And 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 particularly slow deliveries. And it's just you get you have to. Like last night, I forget who it was that that ran Naylor, right? Who Naylor, yeah. right? This is it was this Bo Naylor or jo- or Josh? I think Naylor? it was Josh Naylor. No, wait, 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 no, because it, it was Bo Naylor. Yeah, it was Bo Naylor. Well, I noticed that, both Naylors. Yes, both Naylors. The heavy set. Oh, was Josh? One, okay. Both both of them r- run a fair amount. Mm-hmm. The, the Orioles must know that in a scouting report, and yet there was no, you know, the pitcher. Has the right and it's a lefty who's right, looking lefty, at him. I know, yeah, right? Yeah, it's just, it's just terrible. And I guarantee you, right now, if the Orioles do get on the run that we hope they are, the Atlanta Braves know that and will take advantage of it at every turn late in ball games. It's a twofold situation because we would say these are problems in hindsight. This is why I think a lot of us are screaming about the bullpen at the deadline, despite the fact that we felt so good about Felix Batista. It was you needed. To your point about the postseason, even the teams that have the best starting pitching are going and pulling their pitchers when they get in trouble in the fifth inning. Like right. that's the it, way. It that never starters don't go more than four and two thirds to five and two thirds. A hundred percent. Like when you're in trouble in the middle of the game, you're gone. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing that jumped out at me is that you needed leverage arms. You needed arms that you're going to put in those spots that you could count on yeah. with run. Tell me who it is that when. You know, you know, Shintaro was a was an interesting mm-hmm. gamble that, for the most part, we've seen the upside in him. But now, all of a sudden, we're being re-exposed to his negativity. But there was nobody else that they picked up, and this is we were yelling about this before Bautista 100%. got hurt. Um, and and now that he's hurt, it's just they picked up Lopez, which was an interesting for nothing. You know, no, I wasn't opposed deal. to it by any stretch of the imagination. And I have no problem with him reestablishing himself somewhat next year with us, and I think he will, given this the uncertainty with Bautista. But they were, I was shouting that we needed two arms mm-hmm. in that bullpen, and one of them's been D.L. Hall to a certain extent, and Fujinami was the other. But aside from that, you've got Bauman and Baker are on fumes mm-hmm. at this point. They don't look they, nearly. They clearly as have no trust in Tyler Wells, like none. Well, I, you know, he. I can't believe he's healthy enough for them to have any trust in him. Uh, they brought up. I guess Brandon High brought up yesterday that he's back up to ninety-five, and so he still won't rule out Tyler Wells being in the mix. But the clock, you're running out of time at this point. Yeah. How much? How much faith can you build up in Tyler Wells? It, it's been brought up. They might need to make a move just to get another pitcher on the team today. Right. Uh, just to have somebody else. Joey Crable, probably. At this point. Um, is it, is Crable uh, still on the 40-man? 
Don't know. I don't know if Crable's still don't on the, I thought he might have gone off the 40-man. I thought okay. I read that the only options on the 40-man at this point are Zimmerman and Wells. Okay. And you know, obviously Zimmerman's not going to inspire any confidence in anyone. Not great confidence. No. Frankly, they could probably move Zimmerman off the 40-man at this point if they yeah, wanted Zimmerman, to put – Zimmerman, Wells, and, and Irvin, but I guess they optioned him less than – Yeah, 15, 15 days so they ago. wouldn't oh, – yeah. Maybe that was the Crable problem is he hasn't been 15 days okay. too. Maybe he – is Crable still on the 40-man and he just hasn't? Uh, yes. Yeah, but it's Crable a 15-day situation right, yeah. with him, so mm-hmm. it couldn't – The so, only options they would have today if they needed a pitcher in Cleveland right. would be Zimmerman and Wells. Because right. then Vespi and Baker are also on the 40-man, but they They were definitely did not reach 15 days and either. who didn't pitch last night cano did not pitch last no. night no um hang on uh, fuji did not pitch no, fuji pitch did last not night. pitch last night either flaherty and flaherty didn't pitch but flaherty. he pitched cool. two innings on on tuesday yeah i don't know i mean he did that on three days rest so maybe i think he could be used tonight it's possible I, they've got to figure out how to 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 take advantage of the the limited skills he's exhibited right now and I was pretty impressed with him out of the bullpen. I mean, he's got a really nice curveball. And the fact that when he's when he's when he's only pitching one or two innings, he can max out a little bit more. Sure. So I think he becomes a vitally important person uh, over the next 30, 40 days. I don't disagree with that. The other storyline last night was Grayson Rodriguez, they moved him to normal rest and let him pitch on a fifth day. And as Griffin and I talked about with a few people this week, it wasn't just that he was on the six-man rotation. It's that typically there was also an off day in there because they were having off days when they were playing two series. So it was like they went from seven days to five days for Grayson Rodriguez after his longest start. I I can't – these are the two things that are true. He pitched on the shortest rest that he's pitched on, and he wasn't very good. What I can't say with certainty is that because he pitched on the shortest wretch that he pitched on, that's why he wasn't very good. The way I saw last night's performance by him is I think he was so amped up at the, in the home game against Tampa, Tampa. That was a game that he raised his level of performance as high as it can be. And I think pitching against Cleveland on a Thursday night, before 6,000 people mm-hmm. or 4,000. I don't think he was as amped up, you know. And given that he wasn't, I thought it was really a pretty decent performance. But, again, short because he, he, he was expensed too a lot many of pitches. pitches. Right. That, and that, to me, is why I say it wasn't to – to the point of he battled, he kept them in the game, right? right? right. Like, on, on, a, on a worse day. Scenario. We did not get his A effort. You uh, know? That's where I'm – and, and he was A-plus – Saturday night against Tampa. And I feel like we're trying to judge him now through a different prism of what we're hoping that Grayson Rodriguez right. can be and, and what they were taught, what A.J. Pruszynski was talking about, which is you feel like maybe you've stolen a playoff ace once upon a time the way that you know Matt Moore was that for Tampa out of nowhere that right. one year, that you were hoping that's the case. And I'm just not – I feel all the confidence in the world about what Grayson Rodriguez is going to be. I genuinely believe that we've seen enough to think – that that is possible for mm-hmm. Grayson Rodriguez. But to feel confidence about that for a guy who has blown way past his career high in innings this season, I'm not sure that I can feel confidence about it or say I want him to start game one or game two of a playoff series versus given the way he looked on short rest, <clears throat> maybe he is the fourth starter for a playoff series. Maybe he's someone that, like, if they do avoid the wild card series and they are playing in the ALDS, 
you almost hope that you close that DS out in three games and you don't have to pitch him and you can now turn around and save him and get him even a little bit more rest and skip another start in the process. Right. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, I wrote this column about that last Saturday night. And I felt changed uh, everything. I felt a lot but, of the things you were I feeling. Still, I still think in a five-game series, I don't know that you you aren't – I don't know that your chances to win that series would not be better with Grayson Rodriguez pitching and out of the bullpen. So you're you – know, You're talking about – I know you're, you're, have, you have long been someone who is committed to Kyle Gibson more than everybody else in town is committed to Kyle Gibson. Yeah, of course. There's, I see the warts of, of Kyle Gibson right. – but I think his experience, and I think the fact, the fact that in a five-game series, Grayson has the ability as a starter to impact one game, mm-hmm. whereas as a relief pitcher, he could impact two, perhaps three. Games. So if you were drawing up a rotation right now, let's just say that they 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 write the ship, and by like Tuesday of next week, they clinch the division. And the second series would be a five-game series. The division series, yes, it's would be a five-game five series. series yeah. So let's say that they have time. And by the way, frankly, even if they have to go to next Sunday, because they wouldn't have to play in the wild card round, they would have the ability to set their rotation. Correct. So even if it takes them all the way through next Sunday to clinch the AL East, right. they would still have the ability to set their rotation going into a division series because they wouldn't have to play in that first series. So as long as they're doing that and right. they're not playing in the wild card series, how would you set the rotation for a potential division series? I would probably set it I would probably set it, and I'd be I, I have to say this with not seeing means what he's gonna be the next couple starts mm-hmm. is I would probably start Bradish game one. I would probably I would probably stick with the order Kramer number 2, Gibson number 3 and Rodriguez number 4 or go to Means perhaps for 4 and and keep Grayson give Grayson the ability to impact multiple games in the series. I I am um... I don't think there's a chance in hell that that's the way they're thinking but that's what I'm. Well, thinking. I've I've struggled because look, Orioles fans certainly are not. Uh, Orioles fans have no interest in seeing Kyle Gibson start a playoff game. But I I know the things that you've brought up throughout the course of the year, and there have definitely been Kyle Gibson moments. And you could make a Joe Saunders esque argument for Kyle Gibson that even if his numbers aren't good, even if he hasn't, he still won f- fourteen to fifteen games. You know, which is more than the rest of the starting pitchers. Yes, know? yes. I don't yeah. know that you can count on that type of run support when you get to the playoffs and you're facing, you know, a, a, a high level pitcher on the other side. But but again, that's a high level pitcher that's going to pitch gonna get four pulled. and two thirds. He's going to get pulled. I, under, I understand that too. And that's the only thing that I think that Tampa. And Houston have over the Orioles right now is I trust their the length of their bullpens. I trust a lot more than the length of our bullpen. And what changes that? DL Hall's very important. Flaherty's very important. And I'm saying maybe in that first series, uh, Rodriguez out of the bullpen would make some sense to me. I, I, you know, the the funny part is I feel like Means has been the guy that people have talked about in that capacity to say, you know, if you're worried about what he could give you anyway, then why not just put him in the bullpen and have the ability for him to impact multiple games if you don't believe? I just don't know that he he's going to, to me, with what he's coming back from, mm-hmm. 
I know you could make the argument that he's well. He's actually very fresh because he's only thrown mm-hmm. fifty innings or something like that. But my gut feeling tells me that at least in multiple games, I don't know that he comes. He's able to pitch in game one and game three in a short series, whereas I think Grayson could perhaps. Um, I I understand that argument. I would also say that like his stuff isn't so overwhelming that it could impact. Like if your argument for Grayson is, then, I, then see, he I think he's in, a real weapon. Right. Then he could the come bullpen. in in a situation and throw a hundred miles an hour and not have to worry about you know like ramping down that he can just let it all rip in that spot, yeah. that that has some value that you don't you can't get from using John. I mean, say game one is against who, the Twins, right? Mm-hmm. Is that who we would most no, likely? No, they would be the three seed no matter what. So right. at the moment it would be we, more likely that it would it'd be the four or the five. It would be Tampa or, or Toronto. Yeah, T- or Tampa Houston, or Toronto. Or, yeah. it, it really Say you get a three nothing lead. Yeah, that early. is it is very difficult to figure out right now because everybody's record yeah. is about the same. It, say you get a three or four nothing lead early mm-hmm. somehow, and all of a sudden, one of the starting pitchers, who whomever it is, just blows a tire in the third or fourth inning. Mm-hmm. Who do I trust that could get us to the sixth inning? And it, it boils down to two people. It'd be Flaherty or Grayson Rodriguez, or maybe Kyle Gibson. You know, I, I think, boy. It, yeah, boy of that group, right? Like I think everybody would say, "Well, I've the most confidence in Grayson," but yeah. to the point that's limiting the ability to put out Grayson and hope that he can deliver. A, after you saw what you saw last Saturday, yep. the hope would be, well, that if you're facing the Rays again in the playoffs, you would want to have Grayson Rodriguez go out there and try to shut them down. Yep. And just simply steal a game with a spectacular starting performance. But whew, right now, I just need them to score some runs. Yeah. Right now, just go. Yeah. Score that would that some would help. Runs. Did you understand why Jorge? Did we get an answer why they went to Arias as a pinch runner instead of Jorge Mateo last night? No. Mm. Didn't get that even a little bit. That was did for not understand Kerstad. that. Wait, no. Oh uh, yeah, Kerstad let off the inning was a pinch hitter, and then they pulled him for Arias as the pinch runner. It was, okay, so it was because he was pinch hitting for Westberg, I guess. But so you can so just what? slot Arias in easily, but yeah, like you know, you can move Gunner and yeah. I don't. I, now look, I get it. He ended up scoring, so right, like no big deal. But it was just bloody confusing to me. I could not understand what and is. And is Kerstat that slow that Urias is a much better? I mean, because Urias, in my opinion, is not not a great base a, runner. Not a great base runner. Well, he certainly wasn't last night. Yeah. I mean, he. He should have been home on the double and and didn't. I I, I, I couldn't. Let me it ask out. you something about the double. By the way, mm-hmm. did you get a good look at that? It sure as hell look. I looked both the first time I saw it, it on replay. Run? I thought it hit the yellow line. I they, I thought it was worth a challenge, but I have to admit. I'm like looking at that wall, and there's so because much the writing and lighting. Yeah, right. It was and very difficult. I couldn't difficult. tell where it hit, but the way it bounced made me think I was right that it hit the very top, which is the yellow line, and bounded. Remember how high mm-hmm. it bounded? So, for what it's worth, when I was watching it live, I didn't think that, but no. I wasn't paying close attention. I was not paying attention. God, the camera work on that play was it was terrible. Awful. Terrible. Awful. You never had the sense of yep. where the ball was. Not at all. And then they just kind of zoomed in on the on the left fielder, and it bounded past the center fielder. But on the replay, the second replay, 
I sort of really tried to pay attention, and boy, I could swear it hit the top yellow line. Uh, we will get Griff. We will we will assign that to Griffin to try to do some we'll work, and, and then we'll the yeah, right. Figure out if we can get an answer. Although I guess right. technically, it, again, Rutschman scored anyway too, so it probably it wouldn't have made a difference right. in the end. But yeah. it is what it is. It is you know that's the reality. They lost five yeah. two. They got to turn around. They got to get things going. Who does Tampa play? Oh, Toronto, right? So yes, Toronto in Tampa. And Toronto desperately needs those games. You know, so that's a that's maybe a little bit better news that, that they don't get to face the Angels again this weekend. They don't get to face another kind of moribund team this weekend. They have to face a team that's trying and is going right. for it. And so you hope that you can get a little bit of help there. It'd be nice if this magic number could shrink down to like three or is two. Is Toronto in front of Seattle right now? E, I was just looking at it. Uh, they're all like literally within a like game a game or two. Yeah. 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 All uh, three teams in the AL West are within a half game of each other. And then the Blue Jays. I All right. Now, here's what it looks like right now. Right. Toronto has a half game lead. Over Seattle. Over Seattle and Texas. And Texas. They're tied, But that's right? only because they played one more game. Right. And and it's really cool because the, the, doesn't Seattle play Texas? This week? Yes. They yes. played this Seattle and Texas play each games. other this weekend. Correct. Yeah, pretty what exciting what little series. So yeah, Houston right? and Toronto have the same exact record, and then, yes, yeah, Seattle and Texas have the same exact record, and, and they're and, a half game behind. And yes. who's Houston got this weekend? Kansas uh, City. Yeah. Kansas. <laughs> yeah. So an opportunity there. Kansas City to... beat them two out of three last week. Oh, that's in, right. In yeah. Kansas City. That's I right. Think. But, again, to be clear, the only team that could – if the Orioles win the division, they're going to be the one seed. Right. There's a 10-game separation there. Yeah. There's It's the one seed – or you're the first wild card. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. They have a better. They've clinched a better record than every team in the American League except, except for, for Tampa. Tampa. Exactly except right. For Tampa. Exactly right. I mean, at this point, they could win. They and by the way, they could still win 100 games and still not win the AL East. So give me uh, Tampa. I know is playing Toronto right now, and they play Toronto next weekend. But who do they play in between? In, the, in between. Uh, they I knew play this the Boston. Yeah. Two Boston. games, two games in Boston in on Boston. Tuesday and Wednesday. So they they close on the road. Yes. Two in Boston, home against the Blue Jays. Two in Boston, and then they close at uh, on the road in Toronto. All right. Uh, hopefully, the Orioles get some runs scored this weekend. Who's uh, who's picked? Kramer against two tonight. Shane Bieber. Shane yeah, that's Bieber. right. They're Coming bringing back Shane Bieber back. That's right. July the ninth. Bringing Shane Bieber back to look at him this weekend. Means and Quantrill on Saturday. Gibson and who will it be on Sunday for Cleveland? Uh, I don't have their roster resource up to be able to check that because they haven't announced who it's going to be. Um, Fangraph says it's Gavin Williams. Okay. That would be the pitching matchups for the weekend. All right. Uh, today's show brought to you by Superbook, and you can use either of these codes, Glenn Clark 23 or Stan Charles 23 when you sign up at Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. what do you app, get if you use that promo You'll code. get up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. So let's make this abundantly clear. You sign up today, for example. You go to Superbook.com. You use that code, GlennClark23, or that code, StanCharles23. And you want to say, bet the Baltimore Orioles to win the American League Pennant, currently sitting at plus 350 odds. So let's say you bet 300, nah, you bet $100. That's your first bet, is $100 on the Orioles to win the American League pennant. And you wake up in the late October, the Orioles have just swept the Astros and the ALCS. 
We are Glenn losing our minds. Yeah, I well, I'm there for games one and two. I'm in. I'm in for those. I don't know about. Now let's just make sure we get there, boys. <laughs> let's just make sure that happens. But you've now pocketed three hundred and fifty dollars. But on top of that, you have another hundred dollars worth of free bets for you to use moving forward to bet the Orioles in the World Series. Go sign up today. Glenn Clark 23, Stan Charles 23, Superbook.com, or download the Superbook app. Ravens Colts on Sunday. We got a lot of Ravens Colts coverage this morning. Coming up next, we preview the Ravens side of things. They are banged up. Who's going to play? Basically no one. Bo Smoker will explain it more when we come back in. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. All aboard! The Orioles train keeps on moving and it's ahead of schedule. The birds are motoring towards a playoff run here in 2023 as their magic number keeps getting smaller and smaller. I'm Paul Valley, and you can find me along with Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here on the Bataround. We'll navigate you through the playoff push as the Orioles look to put an exclamation point on what is turning out to be the best season of the last 40 years. So join us on the Orioles train and let's enjoy the ride together right here on the Bataround. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Light Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the 
entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR, Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us here on a Friday edition of the program. I'm not only on, I'm all shut up now. You're good, I'm right? Everything, go. everything. I'm good to go. We can start now. the show now is what you're saying. Uh, Stan, you didn't have a midweek show this week, but you got uh, a really neat guest lined up for your show this coming Monday. Yes, but I've got to change the time of that ah. because of the Jewish holiday. I set up Dan Duquette for 7 o'clock with Ross and Luke and I. I got to go back and change it to four o'clock, okay. three o'clock or four o'clock. But Exorial GM, who in a in a really a classy move, Mike Elias alluded to in the locker room right after, you know, saying that this rebuild basically wouldn't have been able to go as fast had their had the cupboard been totally bare. Mm-hmm. You know, I and look, we all know Dan Duquette responsible for many of the pieces that have helped lead the Orioles back to the playoffs, whether it's Santander or Mullins, Mullins or Hayes, Hayes, Grayson um, Rodriguez, DL Hall, Hall, John yeah. Means, yep, hundred percent Ryan Mountcastle. So uh, that'll be fun. On Monday, yeah. uh, he'll be talking with Stan Ross and Luke, Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports. And next Thursday morning, I'm going to have on uh, somebody you're going to have on on this show. Uh, I'm going to have Jeff Newman Maryland of the Maryland Five, Five Star. Star, the CEO, I believe it is, and uh, Mike Hankin, who's very involved and on the committee. Um, so we'll talk about that event coming up October 19th. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Through the 22nd. Very good. Joining us now, as he does every Friday, he is our Baltimore Ravens beat writer here at Press Box. He's our friend Bo Smolka, and he's with us once again. Bo, good morning. How are you, my friends? I'm good. How are you? I'm quite well, sir. Uh, I would ask who's going to play on Sunday, but the answer anymore seems like nobody. Um, Has there been any good news on the injury front for the Baltimore Ravens the last couple of days? Well, I mean, I mean, no, I guess the answer would be no. <laughs> um, the people that were out are still out, and it looks like they will stay out. So, I, you know, the Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, Tyler Linderbaum, Marcus Williams, Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham hasn't practiced this week, so it doesn't look like he'll be playing. Justice Hill mm-hmm. is, look, appears to be out with this foot injury, and that's interesting because he played, you know, that – um, he played most of the game, but the Ravens have signed Kenyon Drake back to the practice squad. So I think there's a good chance they're going to take the field on Sunday with Gus Edwards, Melvin Gordon, and Kenyon Drake as the running backs. Um, and, and the other issue is, uh, well, Adafi Owe is probably not going to play. He hasn't practiced. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out. 
And the other one is Ardarius Washington, who mm-hmm. isn't on the injury report, but that's because he's on injured reserve. So if you were to look at August and say, who might play slot corner for the Ravens this fall? The most likely candidates would probably have been Pepe Williams, Marlon Humphrey, who could play inside in the slot, and Ardarius Washington, and all three of them are gone. So for this game, at least. And so that's going to be an interesting one as well. All that being said, Bo, they had a really excellent win last weekend, <laughs> and that's that's the funny part about all of this. I I want to talk about the offensive line because you and I haven't had a chance to chat since Sunday, and I don't like falling into the hyperbolic traps, but that might be the most remarkable performance I've ever seen from a Ravens offensive line. I, I would have to measure it against the day that Jamal Lewis ran for 296 yards, but given the circumstances, given who they were without – given the quality of the defensive front, to not allow a single sack, for Patrick McCarry to not give up a single pressure to Trey Hendrickson, I I can't stop talking about it. This was part of the reason we were concerned, and all of a sudden, like now this week, I'm not really concerned about the offensive line at all, despite the fact that Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum won't be playing again. I mean, let's face it. This is why they paid Patrick McCarry what they paid him. I mean, they are, this is not... It is not usual for a team to throw out a $15 million contract to a backup offensive line. It just isn't done. But they look at Patrick McCarry as a starting caliber player. And I asked John Harbaugh on Monday, I said, was McCarry in the running for the left guard job? Or do you go to him and say, hey, we know you want to play, but by the way, we kind of don't want you to start because we want you ready to be going in anywhere. And you know, he said, he said it's kind of a blessing and a curse with McCarry because they are in that situation. Now, they did say if any other, if none of the other left guard candidates had really stepped up, yeah, they might have dropped McCarry in there. But in their mind, they want McCarry to be exactly this, the guy that can come in and plug and play anywhere. And ironically, if Stanley hadn't gotten hurt, he probably would have plugged in at center. But now you, bought, you, bought, you lost both Stanley and Linderbaum. You lost two positions where McCarry's really good at. And so Sam Mustafer had to drop in and play center, and he played really well. So, but I think Patrick McCarry is one of the more underrated, unheralded players in the league. And there's not a lot of players quite like him, and he was exceptional in the game on Sunday. Bo, uh, you and I texted, and I can't remember what prompted us texting in the middle of the week last week. And I said, do, do we have a chance to win Sunday? And you said, Mike McDonald kind of has them figured out Mm -hmm. what is it that he's figured out i know you were right about that but i can't put it into words what does he have figured out about joe burrow and what their tendencies are it's interesting because and i i didn't go back and watch the game closely again like i often will do Uh but let's face it and i wrote about this on uh, after the game i mean i think it's been now 21 times, 21 games the Bengals have played since the start of last year. In only seven of them have they been held under 300 yards of offense. Mike McDonald has done it all four times he's faced them. Wow. And so he just has, he has them. I think he keeps, I think he does a good job of keeping Burrow uh, out of rhythm. I think he, they mentioned Brandon Stevens and some of the other defensive backs mentioned how they were going to, insist on being physical with those receivers at the line of scrimmage. 
And, and that can burn you because these guys can be physical right back and they can get open like we've seen when they played here a couple of years ago. But I thought they just locked up those receivers. Burrow, I don't think, is fully healthy, which certainly helps, but that wasn't the case last year when they shut him down. Yeah. And I just think McDonald finds ways to get Burrow out of rhythm and get, the, get that passing game disrupted. But he's, he's done it over and over again in, in his two years here. He is Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. He's with us here on GCR. Bo, let's come back. You know, you mentioned what the backfield is likely to look like on Sunday. Presuming Justice Hill doesn't play, we, we kind of had this conversation, you know, not with you because I wasn't here, but last week, where it made sense to me that we saw, you know, a lot of both Edwards and Hill and not just predominantly Edwards because one of the things that we've known about Todd Monk and offenses is they want to throw the ball to the backs and, that's not really Gus Edwards' role, so it seemed like they found this nice balance. But I, I don't know at this point. Like, are you really pulling Kenyon Drake in off the street and giving him a heavy dose of snaps uh, off the practice squad in week in in week three just because you want to have someone that you can throw the ball to a little bit more? Do you think that it probably ends up being just really a heavy dose of Gus Edwards until at least Justice Hill is back on the field? I think they'll. I think they'll cycle through Melvin Gordon too. But that was interesting because Gordon was bump, bumped up from the practice squad as essentially the third running back last week, and then he didn't play it down. Mm-hmm. So, but they're not going to go Gus Edwards 100% of the backfield snap. So either Gordon or Drake's going to cycle in there, and and I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen with both of them at some point. Drake was here last year. He knows the team. I know he wasn't with Munkin, so this is different for him. Um, but at least Harbaugh and, and, you know, some of the offensive staff know what they have with Drake. Uh, but, I, you know, it's going to have to be Gus Edwards and Gordon and or Drake. Gus Edwards isn't going to be a – I don't see Gus Edwards being like a bellwether cow, you know, 30, 25 carry guy. So I think they will cycle those others through. And it'll be interesting to see how that works. You brought up the inside corner as well. Is it just Arthur Millette? Like, that's, that's the way it's going to be and – I don't even know what else they could do at this point. I mean, I think it. I, I think they might. They could, in theory, they could drop Kyle Hamilton down and play some That's slot true. like he did last year. But yeah. to do that, now you don't have Marcus Williams, so you got to plug someone in at safety, and that would honestly probably be Daryl Worley, who has been effectively converted from a cornerback to a safety this summer. So he's a backup at safety now, and so if you decide. If they have a big-sized guy like Pittman in the slot and they want Hamilton there against him, that they might drop Hamilton down there and put Worley at safety. Um, Mollett, I mean, he's got, quote, back experience at slot corner, but he hasn't played it down for this team yet. He's been a game-day scratch both, both games so far. They've effectively rotated, you know, Brandon Stevens and then Darby and Rocky Asin, I don't know if they would slide one of those guys in and play all three of those corners together mm-hmm. and leave Hamilton deep. I think those are things they've probably looked at all week. Um, but I, I personally, I expect to see some of Hamilton down there. Bo, uh, with the preseason now being a wash in terms of seeing your, your heavy hitters at any positions, uh, given that, and given all the changes with the offensive personnel, what kind of grade, I'm not asking you to grade each particular p- player, but how close are they to showing what they really are capable of do you think they are right now? You're talking about with the offense? The offense, yeah. 
I mean, I thought you saw more of it in week two than you did in week one. Week yeah. one, they, I think, was fairly predictable that they were going to kind of sputter their way through it, having not played at all. Yep. I thought we saw a little more of what they want to be last week. Um, and to Lamar Jackson's credit, he was very good. Um, I think he gets the ball out more quickly now. He looked confident. He's got, let's face it, he's got just a better group of players to play with. And that helps. Bay Flowers is a difference maker in this offense. And so whether you throw him the short ones or you throw him deep, you got a guy like Nelson Aguilar who can contribute and probably will have to do more of that with Beckham's sideline. Um, so the first week was kind of incomplete. Last week I, was pretty good. I'd probably yeah. give him a B if I had to grade it right now based on a, kind of a middling week one and a pretty good week two. And would, But would, I think would you, I think they feel like they're getting up to speed. Munkin himself said, boy, a lot better in week two than in week one, and that's probably to be expected. Yeah, so, um, so, but it's, you so can that, see what they want to be. You can see what they want to be, even though now they're shorthanded again at running back. Um and, and they didn't have Andrews in week one, too, and I think that's also a big thing. I mean, Andrews just makes them go. Yeah. And without him, without him, I know it was week one and they hadn't played much, but without Andrews on the field, I think Lamar Jackson doesn't look nearly as comfortable. I was trying my best, so, to, I was trying my best to interrupt you like five times there. <laughs> that, B, that B, and then I started to say that B, but you think they're capable of A-type performances offensively when it's all together. Oh, I think they are. Yeah. yeah, I think they are. And, and you know, John Harbaugh will say, well, we'll do offensively whatever it takes to win the game. And look, the thing to me, the thing that struck me, and I wrote about this on Sunday too, all we heard all last summer or over the summer was this passing offense, this passing offense, this new passing offense, all these weapons, all these weapons, all these weapons. They went out and ran that ball down the Bengals' throat at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and that's what won them the game. And I know Lamar Jackson scrambled for one third down, but they needed one yard when they, they, Gus Edwards, with behind a backup backup offensive line, just powered the ball right over right over them. I still and that is old school football that the that the Ravens will still want to play. I, I agree, but so Bo, Bo it, what really impressed me on that final drive is the, the it wasn't all right up the middle. It was it was a little bit different. It was let's let's get the ball to the outside on the perimeter and run it out there. We know they're going to jam up the teeth of this. Let's I the even the play calling of just how to run the ball in order to get a few first downs was, I thought, a refreshing sign of what has changed with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, we were joking because Devin DuVernay got two jet sweeps in the past. He only ever got one. <laughs> but uh, I do think Zay Flowers is probably going to end up getting more of those than DuVernay even. But, yeah, they yeah. mixed it up. But they went power when they had to go power, and the Bengals couldn't stop them. And um, so I think, I think there's a lot to like about what they did offensively. They didn't, you know, Lamar Jackson threw well. He didn't, he had the one bomb to Zay Flowers. He missed one where he had him later or earlier rather. But, um, no, I, I, the offense has to come out of the game feeling pretty good because they, they showed they can do it in the air and on, you know, they, they're not going to abandon that ground game, nor should they, especially with Lamar Jackson back there. Um, so I think they have to come out of that game feeling good offensively. All right, Bo, before I let you go, I just wonder if you could help me. I, I'm struggling to talk about Patrick Queen because we know everybody is seeing how insanely well he's playing right now. I, I am working under the assumption that it's kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Everybody knows that Patrick Queen is going to price himself out of Baltimore and that 
the Ravens have kind of simply been forced to accept that. And when they made the decision that they made to not pick up his fifth year option, like this is this is just where you are. Um, is it possible that I miss and like the Ravens really could just say we are going to invest? You know, it's already $20 million a year in Roquan Smith. That Patrick Queen's starting to look like a $17, $18 million a year player. Is it crazy to think that they maybe are committed to saying we want to have the best inside linebacker duo in football for the next five years? Or am I right to assume that, like, everybody just kind of knows that's not the way it's going to be? I think he's going to price himself out. I do. I mean, you're right. I I, I agree with your assumption that, when they made the decision to keep Roquan Smith, they, th- that was the decision that he made, and they were not going to be able to afford to keep both. I, um, Queen has been – he's been fantastic. I mean, uh, he's, been, he's been – and I'll say this. Queen has been fantastic since the first day of training camp, and that's to his credit. You come back on a team that basically said, prove it to us, right? You, we, prove it to us or something like that, basically. Didn't pick up his option – he had every right to kind of pout or be in a bad mental place over that. And he has just come out and played great since August. So that's much to his credit. I think he's going to get paid handsomely if he keeps playing like this. And I just don't see the Ravens being able to do it. We talked to Eric DaCosta about three weeks ago. And one of the things he said, he acknowledged that, you know, building the roster changes now that we signed Lamar Jackson. It just does. The math just works out that way um and he wasn't specifically talking about queen there but i as you asked that question i remember him saying that and i just don't see them being able to afford what queen is going to earn how much is uh roquan smith's presence and maybe mentorship how much of that is is real what he's meant to patrick queen because he seems like he's been a different player since the first day that Roquan Smith arrived. Oh, I think it's very real. I think it's a huge, I think he's had a huge impact on him. I mean, the defense is better period, Yeah. but um, the defense is better overall with Smith and queen versus queen and Josh Bynes or whoever else it would have been in there. Right. But I think he's been a real good mentor to Patrick queen. I think they get along really well. I think they, operate in sync defensively really well and so i think roquan smith's effect on queen has been really really impressive uh bo of course everybody can follow you at b smoke on twitter and read your stuff at pressboxonline.com always appreciate taking the time for us let's talk again next friday thanks so much for doing it all right, Glenn and Stan, thanks. Take care. Thank you, Bo. Bo Smolka with us here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan, I am a little bit worried that like I'm I'm just overvaluing what I saw last week and I'm getting carried away and that I'm forgetting that... like what. what Again, unless something changes today and someone shows Buck up at practice, to Bo's point, Ardarius Washington's on IR. Odell Beckham, Justice Hill, Marlon Humphrey, Tyler Linderbaum, Adafi Owe, Ronnie Stanley, Marcus Williams all look slated to not play against the Colts. And I know that part of this conversation is it's the Colts. Yeah. And I, I'm not trying to dismiss that. But you and I both picked them to cover seven and a half. I, that was I, even before I realized how 
banged up they are. I didn't know I'm, that. I'm worried that I'm being too dismissive of yeah. the impact of the injuries because I've just sort of fallen in love with what I saw the Ravens do yeah. last Sunday and that the totality of this, it can't just be dismissed. There is so much here. Now, part of it is you still have Lamar Jackson, and when you still have Lamar Jackson, you still feel pretty bit good because the other team doesn't have, have Lamar him. Jackson. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I'm worried that I'm, I'm not – I'm not really thinking through the full-on impact of just how insanely depleted this team is at this point. Yeah, they are, and they're they're up against a veteran quarterback who, while he's got his warts, you know, I think it would be fair to say he's sort of like a Kyle Gibson quarterback. Okay, yeah. you know, he's got right. he's got his moments, uh-huh. um, and you like some of the intangibles. I can't help but think he'll throw a couple picks at a key time. Yeah, he's game. very capable of that, obviously, yeah. Gardner Minshew. And that's, again, presuming that Minshew's playing, and they haven't confirmed that oh, yet. I thought I had heard that uh, during it's, the week. It's the assumption. The assumption yeah. continues to be that Gardner Minshew's going to play. They haven't officially ruled out Anthony Richardson okay. yet, but the assumption is that today when the injury, the final injury report yeah. comes out. And especially with the weather forecast. Isn't it supposed to be so it's supposed to rain all weekend. I haven't looked again to see the hourly for Sunday. I was trying to check the hourly. Unfortunately, the uh, Weather Channel only gives you like two days worth of hourly. So what, you don't you, pay for the. Uh... No, I don't pay for Weather Plus or whatever the hell their right. subscription services. And in fact, I think I'm still all right. So I'm, I'm I'm only up to we're still only up to 10 a.m. on Sunday, but at 10 a.m. on Sunday, it's still supposed to be raining. So I. Yeah, I don't think they're playing Richardson in this game. Yeah, I mean, I I, yeah. I think most people have made that assumption. Uh, let me pull up the overall forecast and see if I can give you something else for Calling Sunday for afternoon. Chance of rain, eighty percent, like throughout the day. Uh, chance of rain by Sunday night drops to fifty percent. But that so. smells like it's going to be raining throughout the afternoon. Yeah. It's supposed to rain all weekend, all weekend. Like it's you said, I'm rain. not worried because they have Lamar Jackson. The Colts I, are banged up as well. We just mentioned, you know, they're going to be playing a whatever you want to say about Gardner Minshew. He is a backup quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Quentin Nelson has been practicing this week. Kenny Moore, their one of their top corners, has been practicing. The Colts are banged up too, yeah. and the Ravens have more depth. And they they showed that their depth is can can beat I, a top team like the Bengals. I agree. Last week. I agree. It's but I bet them to cover eight and a half or seven and a half, right? Like, I don't need them to win. I need them to make sure that they uh, they hook me up on Superbook is what I need from the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. All right, hour number one of today's show is in the books. A reminder that after the game on Sunday, you want to flip over to youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can hang out for Project Game Day with myself, Rita, and Ravens Super Bowl champion, Vontae Leach. You were talking about the Ravens, how banged up they are, yeah. and you know, how they might field a roster. Do they have an agility test to the Ravens. <laughs> could you go over there? I mean, I, I, I do I believe that I you could... have to pass their conditioning test, which I think is even a bit more difficult than the Baltimore County Police really? Department agility yeah, test. But you, yeah, but what makes you think I couldn't pass their That's a great point. Base, maybe, basic, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe that's the, cha- the, ca- the case. Uh, Sunday, yeah, join us after the game. Project Game Day. It's all brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org after Ravens-Colts. Come hang out with us. You can get involved. You can hop in the Zoom with us. The same way that you would call a radio show, you can hop on, chat with us, ask Vontae what he thinks about what he saw. All that Sunday after Ravens-Colts, thanks to Superbook Sports. HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Find out more, PressBoxOnline.com slash game day. So, you know, sometimes during the show I'll put up the baseball. Wander over to the grid. Yeah, wander over to the grid. grid. 
All I remember as a kid and as a young adult and a middle age is how fast Bob Feller threw the baseball. I but mean, he didn't it, have 200 strikeouts? He does not have 200 strikeouts. Oh, <laughs> I just I'm assumed. a little surprised by that, if I'm being honest I'm, with you. I'm, I'm bit, shocked. I'm a bit surprised by that myself. When we come back in, uh, Chuck Pagano is going to join us, former Ravens defensive coordinator, former Colts head coach. He still knows a thing or two about the Colts. He's involved with Wish TV out in Indianapolis. Plus, we'll just talk football with Chuck Pagano because he's the best. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at DriveEZMD.com. We'll keep you moving. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half, must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. 
Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Libation Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Into hour number two here on GCR, Stan the Fan Charles, Chief Grand Poobah here at PressBox in studio with us for a Friday edition of the program. Chuck Pagano will join us in a second before the show wraps up. We'll chat with the Hall of Famer James Lofton as he'll be on the call for Ravens Colts Sunday on CBS. That's all coming up here in hour number two. Before we do that, uh, Griffin, you want to tell everybody about uh, something new that's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? Yeah, I want to tell you about the second chance drawing that they go on. Uh, so if luck was not on your side in a recent bet, like me taking Daniel Jones to have 25 rushing yards last night. Eek. Yeah, who was going to run the ball? Eek. Uh, but if you uh, luck was not on your side in a recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, get ready to turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th. That is all, basically all football season at Live uh, Casino and Hotel Maryland. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland rewards members will be able to enter their losing slips into the second chance to win drum. And two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen. Prizes range from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland uh, apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour, and cash and free play prizes up to $500. Drawings, again, held every Thursday and Monday. Uh, so uh, turn your luck around. At, uh, at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Uh, Adirondack Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLE. All right. Joining us now here on GCR, one of my favorite humans. He is, of course, former Ravens defensive coordinator and former Colts head coach. And he's still involved uh, in the media scene in Indianapolis. As he's part of Wish TV's coverage. He is our friend, the great coach Chuck Pagano, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with me today. It's great to chat with you as always, sir. Thank you for taking the time for us. Likewise. It's always great to be on with you guys. Appreciate the kind words. Uh, Coach, it's good to hear your voice, my friend. Um, First of all, this is, you know, Stan and I were talking about this yesterday. I know you're living out in Idaho. I know you're not there, but. And, and I guess there was a similar experience with Brian here in Baltimore um, where he stuck around and was still involved in coverage. But it's interesting to me to see that you're still doing the media thing in Indy and involved even from a, a team that moved on from you. Like, what? take me through why it was something that you wanted to keep doing and the love that you found for that city and why it was a place that you wanted to still be involved with. Yeah, I uh, feel very grateful you know, to have the relationship, you know, that I still have with, with Mr. Ursay, the Colts organization, um, the, you know, city of Indianapolis, all the fans of people there, uh, AC Calhoun, uh, sports anchor, nine time Emmy, 10 time Emmy award winning sports anchor there, wish TV and Indy, um, is a great, great friend. Did my post game shows with him and Billy Brooks. So, um, forever connected, you know, with that city, just based on my time there, 
going through the whole, you know, cancer mm-hmm. journey, still going back uh, because of, you know, Jim Irsay and the Colts, you know, huge heart and IU Simon Cancer Center doing our gala this year in April, be 12 years, you know, going strong with that thing. So the great thing is I am in Boise. I am in Idaho. I get to do the deal from home. I, they call me. Thank God for technology. I do the FaceTime with them. It's it's awesome, you know, and I'm going back and doing, you know, the McAfee show. I do fly back there and do McAfee every Thursday, yep. which um, I'm so grateful for. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun to stay involved. My football fix. Did he get there? Either way, did we ever find out when McAfee got that, like, billion-dollar deal from ESPN? Did you even get, like, a steak dinner out of it, like one trip to St. Elmo's, anything <laughs> like that? <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't, I have no idea. He's doing he's doing great. Yeah, he's, he's crushing it. Him and the boys are are phenomenal. Can't wait to watch him today up in South Bend. Um, it's very cool, Coach. It's very cool that you continue that relationship. But you know, not everybody here loves Indianapolis. You know, I don't know if at some point you could use that relationship. <laughs> Why that? Well, I just wonder <laughs> maybe, that? like on behalf of us, because we know how much you still care about our city too. Maybe we could maybe use that relationship to like negotiate the history back at some point. I don't know. Just we'll, we'll, we'll maybe put a bug in the ear. That's all we're asking for at some point. Might yeah, be. What that. kind of seats? What kind of seats we got for <laughs> Mister Ursay? I mean, we gotta, we gotta. What about forgiveness, man? We gotta, we gotta move on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough when we see them trotting out John Unitas. As a, I mean, it's been it's only been forty years. Yeah, as you can tell, we're totally over it. That's uh, completely. You over. remember. Hey, do you guys remember Glenn Stan when when I was so fortunate, you know, the opportunity that that organization John Harbaugh gave me back in 2011, you know, to to run that defense and Christ, I mean, with all the players we had, anybody could have done it. But when I got the indie job and the next day in the paper, you know, they had my Photoshop my picture in the in the uh, Mayflower. No, they did. <laughs> you know, they did. Uh, heading out of t- heading out of town. Uh, I was like, damn. Uh, okay, coach, it's tough. We have not the wounds have not healed around these parts. No, it is a tough, I think the toughest loss in Ravens history, coach, was 06, the one. Yeah, uh, yeah with Playoffs. McNair quarterback yeah. in the Ravens and playing. The Colts in a meaningful game and uh, darkest that was darkest, darkest day, day in franchise yeah. history for yeah. sure. Oh, I know, Coach. What what might make it, on paper everybody? It's gonna be easy for everybody around here to say, ah, this is the Colts. Like you know, that's what it is. But we do know that they played really well a week ago. What can make them a threat against what is obviously a banged up, depleted Ravens team coming into Baltimore on Sunday? Well, you know, it still uh, remains to be seen if. Anthony Richardson's going to play or not going through the uh, concussion protocol. Uh, if he's under center um, or, you know, playing quarterback for the Colts, you know, come Sunday, you know, the threat of him, you know, throwing the ball, running the ball, his athleticism, uh, extending the plays, you know, rushing for two touchdowns early in that game last week. Um, the guy is, the guy's a problem and going to be a problem. Um, throws the ball with accuracy. He's got arm talent, all that stuff. Dak Moss came in, did a nice job. They obviously don't have Jonathan Taylor, but if he doesn't play, Gardner Minshew comes over from Philly. We all know Gardner, you know, was with Shane, so he knows the system. Smart pickup for those guys to bring him in to uh, mentor Anthony and, and be the backup. He knows where to go with the ball. He's not going to be the threat that Anthony is as far as running the ball, extending plays, but he knows where to go with the ball. Shane will have a great game plan for him. He'll get the ball out. 
Um, he'll go through his progressions. They'll throw the quick game, hand the ball off. Defensively, you know, Gus does a great job. They're good up front. Grover, you know, Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner are a problem. They've got speed at linebacker. You know, the issue with them is, you know, in the secondary, they're just young. They got two college free agents, you know, from 2022 starting a corner. So, uh, and they've got some injuries back there. But so, um, yeah, they're going to play really hard. They're, they're going to play fast. Um, they're playing with a little bit of confidence now. So, yeah, you have to – I know John's telling that team, hey, look, this, this is a good football team. And, you know, the strength of ball – I mean, they can still run the ball. We know that Lamar and, and those guys, Gus, are going to run the football. But this defense has only given up 2.57 yards per rush attempt, number one in the National Football League. So it's going to be a challenge to try to, you know, run the ball on them. Uh, so it's going to be, it should be a good game. Coach, uh, sometimes you see a young coach come over, a coordinator from another program comes over and gets his head coaching job, and it's, uh, it's deep water for them at first. Your impressions early on of Shane Steichen uh, there as head coach? Yeah, very impressed uh, with, with Shane. I've got to, had a chance to, uh, you know, get to know him a little bit more. Um, very steady, uh, very upfront, forthright, matter of fact. There's, there's not a lot of fluff. He's an all football dude. Um, he, he knows the game. Um, he's, he's great with that, with that locker room, uh, the staff, he's, you know, they kept the defensive staff there. He just seems really steady and he seems really measured. Um, and so I think, I think he's done you know, uh, a really good job, you know, coming in there, you know, starting out and, and kind of stabilizing, you know, uh, an organization, a franchise, obviously coming off of uh, a crazy, crazy year uh, in 2022. Um, really like Shane. I think the future is really bright for, for him and that organization. He's Coach Chuck Pagano. He is with us on Glenn Clark Radio as we're talking Ravens-Colts ahead of Sunday. Coach, I, I want to bring it to Baltimore if I could because we were just talking in our last segment about how unreal this inside linebacker duo of Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen has been. And Patrick Queen is playing at such an absurdly high level. And I, I think most of us are working under the assumption that Patrick Queen's going to price himself out of Baltimore. But is it crazy for a team in the NFL to consider saying, no, that's just where we want our strength to be? Like, we. We, we know it's going to cost us somewhere else. We know we're not going to be able to spend money at, at Edge Rush or somewhere. But, like, if we've got Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen on the field together, we feel pretty good about what a defense is going to be capable of doing. Could a team simply say inside linebacker in 2023 and moving forward is the place we're going to have our investments? Yeah, you can, you know, kind of do anything you want to do, you know, when it comes to the cap and, uh, make a decision how you want to spend your money, where you want to allocate your resources. What a duo uh, those two are. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, I call run and hit guys, see ball, get ball. <laughs> History says, you know, if you go back and look at, you know, Bart Scott as well as he played mm -hmm. and, and he was out of there and, and you can go on and on and on about, you know, the decisions that have been made and, and really, really smart decisions you know, based on that organization and how they do business. So, um, yeah, they, they got the quarterback paid. Um, I don't know who else is, is coming up, you know, down the pike, but those two guys, um, they're young, they're athletic, they're three down linebackers. 
play unbelievable together, great against the run, play the pass, can match up, zone, man coverage. You blitz them, they're hard to block, they get to the quarterback. Um, yeah, I think that organization do whatever they can do to, to try to keep that, that tandem together. Coach, um, our, our previous guest to you was Bo Smolka, who covers the Ravens for us, and I asked him a question about – what Mike McDonald does against the Bengals specifically, mm. and Glenn, what was the stat he gave? That, that, uh, it's something like there's been they've been held under 300 yards four times, and all four of them all have four been, of them against Mike McDonald. Yeah. What what is your impression of him as a defensive coordinator? I really like Mike, and you know that that organization has kind of it's kind of been pressure, 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 even. You know, going back when when I got there in 2008 with with Rex, yeah, um, the the system has been in place. We were we were a pressure outfit. Uh, stop the run. You were not going to run the football on the Ravens. We're going to out physical you. We're going to bully you, but you are not going to run the football. And then when we got you into into third and long situations, you know, we were going to come after you. And you know, Mike is Mike's aggressive and he likes to, you know, do the same thing. Uh, they're really good at stopping the run. Again, um, they're always going to do that. He's going to be calculated. Um, you know, when he wants to decide to to pressure people, uh, he knows uh, the other offense. He knows what to take away. He does a really good job of that. He tries to make you beat him left-handed. Um, and so he's he's evolved. If you look at him last year when he first came in, and you know they had a huge lead at Miami. Just yeah, look at yeah. that game, right? Yep. And then. You can kind of sometimes try to do maybe a little bit too much, get a little bit too fancy. You got young guys in the back end, and and you have some communication breakdowns and give up. But then you look at what happened at the latter part of that season, the last half of that season. Nobody was better in the National Football League than Mike McDonald in that defense, you know, and and what they did. So they evolved and he adapted. So I think he's really really smart guy. He understands what he has, you know. If I have injuries in the back end, if I have some young corners. You know how can I how can I protect these guys? And so, um, yeah, he's I think he's he's done a great job, and he's just going to uh, continue to to evolve and uh, and and you know keep that defense going in, in the right direction and only getting better. Coach, I, I'm finding it difficult to not get caught up in a hyperbole after you know Stan and I were just talking about this. The Ravens are are completely depleted. I mean, they are in hell injury wise. And yet we're feeling extraordinarily confident because we just saw what Lamar Jackson did against the Bengals last week and how this offensive line performed and and what it seems like is still an ascending group with an offensive coordinator that's only had two games to work with this, and yet it already looks this good. Um, Is there any reason why we shouldn't be extremely excited about the trajectory of Todd Munkin with Lamar Jackson you know, as you know, the Ravens haven't put a, a really good wide receiver core on the field together a lot in their history. This is maybe the best group they've ever had at the position. Is there any reason for us to not be extraordinarily excited about the direction of where the Ravens are going offensively right now? Hell no. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. you're 2-0. and There's only 2-0, and two undefeated teams in the AFC right now, and everybody talked about the beginning of the season – you know, what a juggernaut the AFC was going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Until they prove us wrong and show us different. Hey, let's, let's be excited about what's going on. Let's be excited about, 
you know, getting the Lamar deal done, uh, bringing in Todd Munkin. Got a ton of respect for Todd. He's a, he's a great coach, better person, what he's doing with that offense. It's, it's two games in. And how much did that group play together in preseason? Not at all. Okay, that's not, what I thought. Not even a snap. <laughs> yep. You know, and we see, and the team that they just beat, you know, we know they didn't play. We know Joey B was hurt the whole time, whatever. And we see an offense that we all thought was going to be a juggernaut, right, struggling right now. So kudos to, to Todd Munkin, uh, Lamar Jackson, that offense, you know, bringing in Zay Flowers. What an electric player this young guy is. I mean, holy crap. And if you're playing these guys, just stay healthy. Keep Odell healthy. Bateman, Duvernay, Zay Flowers, uh, Mark Andrews is back. The way they can run the ball, the zone schemes, the gap schemes, and Lamar with his legs. Uh, you know, and he, I just, I wish wish he'd take care of himself a little bit more. You know, I see him running up the back alignment and getting bounced around and stuff, and I know he's a tough guy, but um, we got to keep him healthy. And as long as he's healthy and the rest of those guys stay healthy, I mean, this is – you don't want to see these guys. As a defensive coach, you don't want to see these these guys. It's really it's a really exciting time. As you know, it's not been a lot of, like, robust offense in Ravens history. It's a really exciting time for everybody here. Coach, uh, you mentioned earlier uh, Gardner Minshew was with Shane Steichen last year in Philadelphia. What what are your impressions about what he brings to the table and what the Ravens have to fear about Minshew starting this game? He's really, really smart. He processes uh, really well. He knows, you know, pre, pre-snap pre pretty much what you're going to be in. Uh, post-snap, he can go through his reads, figure out where to go with the ball. Again, Shane's going to do a great job of designing a plan uh, you know, that fits his skill set. Got great poise. Uh, he's unflappable. He's confident. You know, you just you just watch him and, and you you see him operate and move around and communicate with uh, with that team and that offensive unit. Uh, the job that he did last week coming in, I mean, what was he, 19 of 21, 22, mm-hmm. uh, something crazy like that. Two touchdown drives, I believe, when he came in. Um, yeah, he's just he's just a, a really really solid player, and he's a guy like most of these teams when the when the starter goes out they bring in a guy for you know to play a couple uh, innings if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that can that can move a team, can move an offense, and you can you can win with, and you can play complementary football because they got a they got a good defense. Uh, you know they'll play good special teams, and uh, he's not gonna he's not gonna make too many mistakes. He's not gonna turn the ball over. Does Gardner still have the mustache, Coach? <laughs> the handle? Uh, yeah, right. have a handlebar. It, it was a good. It looks like he it still was, has it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that's a. Uh, it's not oh, quite I, as. It's the, not quite. I know as you're pronounced. out in Boise, but yeah, it's not quite as pronounced. It's actually kind of bled into his beard. I'm not sure. That might be a knock no. on him. Now that we think about it, that might be a knock. Hey, uh, Coach. Hey, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You know, my nieces, a couple of my nieces on my wife's side, they they went to WSU, so they love him. So Gardner met you. Uh, he's a and character. And they'll dress up. They'll dress up with the with the mustache and a goatee or whatever <laughs> for Halloween. Um, yeah, not as good as Artie Smith. You know, right now, not as pronounced as, as Coach Smith right. in Atlanta. Right. Uh, but but still classic. 
Hey, <laughs> Coach, before we let you go, I, I wonder, because I think everybody remembers that, that you, of course, came from the college level, and uh, we know that you were you know so thought of as a player's coach, and, of course, uh, the relationship you had with Ed was so special in particular. But I, I wonder, as you watch, there's been a lot made about whether or not Dion could move to the NFL after seeing the success that he's found. And knowing what he's doing and how he's connecting – what do you make of the idea of Deion Sanders potentially being an NFL head coach this time next year? I mean, you never say never. He's been really outspoken about, you know, not wanting to ever do that because of uh, his, maybe his inability um, with professional athletes, with the money that they make to, you know, have the impact uh, on young people that he has at the collegiate level. So, could he go and do it and be successful? Hell yeah. I mean, I, he keeps asking, do you believe? Hell yeah, I believe. You know, I, he's made me a, a believer, and we'll see what happens tomorrow on the road. Great test up at Oregon. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, really good football team up there. But um, I just listen to him, you know, talk, and, and when people ask him about the National Football League and listening to his remarks, um, I just think, the way he can, you know, develop young men, not only on the football field, but off the football field and get them ready for, for the real life stuff um, is, is just so impactful um, that I think he'll, he'll stay right where he is. Now, will, you know, will he stay in, in Boulder? Will he stay at, at, at the University of Colorado? Only time will tell on that. But, um, yeah, again, never say never. When they come at you with a bunch of M's, we know he likes bling and he knows yeah. he likes nice shoes and like you know all that kind of stuff. We all we all do, right? So they throw enough M's at you. Yeah, coach, maybe that happens. Uh, co- coach, I'm listening to you, and what I actually heard is with what they're paying college players now, he might have to go to high school coaching <laughs> to, <laughs> to really impact players. Yeah. The, <laughs> that's just the thing he don't he don't care about that he he wants to see you know people get their get their bag if yeah. you will and 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 do as as good as they can but the thing about Dion, he don't play he's going to hold them accountable and you're going to have to earn every cent of that nil stuff and he ain't never going to make it about that how good is his son as a prospect for the nfl oh wow i mean you talk about poise and accuracy and arm talent and putting a university and a team uh, on your back and on your shoulders. I mean, you just look at that fourth quarter comeback down 11 last week, you know, against Colorado state and, and what he did and did without, you know, his, his best player and, and Travis Hunter. That was, that was incredible. I mean, the numbers that he's putting up, yeah, I, I mean, you can say, you know, Caleb, Drake, May, this guy, that guy, this guy is, is pretty, pretty darn good uh, when you watch him. Again, you know, the next couple of weeks, you always the litmus test is going to be, you know, your, your, your competition. So let's see what happens on the road in a hostile environment up in Oregon. Uh, two weeks from now, SC comes to town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what's going to happen is, is you're going to see, you're going to see, you know, the, the same guy. This guy is just so smart and so poised. How could you not be growing up in, in that house yeah. and being around, being around, you know, your dad? Like, I mean, holy heck. At Chuck Pagano NFL on Twitter is how you follow him. And, of course, as he mentioned, uh, you can see him on the Pat McAfee show every Thursday. 
Coach, it's always great to hear your voice, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. We look forward to doing it again real soon. All right. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Coach Chuck Pagano, the best. Love that guy. Always appreciate him taking the time for us here on GCR. How'd you really become friendly with him? Uh, he was, that was every, but when he arrived here, I had three or four people that reached out to me and said, you're going to love this guy. Right. And this is when I was still covering the team more regularly. Mm-hmm. And so we would do like the podium and we'd have a ch- And he was the type of person that would want to keep chatting with you afterwards. After, after. He would want, you know, the, the old school. And I don't, admittedly, because I don't really cover the team anymore. Maybe somebody would say this. I don't know if that's what Todd Munkin's like or if that's right, what Mike McDonald's, Mike McDonald's like. Like. But you remember there was an era of Ravens coaches that. Oh, God. Maxie Bond. They would have liked to have had you around more. Yeah. They wanted you they felt like they could educate you more. They felt like they they wanted to have you around. They would text you about what you were talking about about on the radio. And then the team kind of stepped in and said, We don't want you doing that anymore. But Chuck had that mentality of just being someone that wanted to talk to you. He wanted to get to know everybody and was such a likable person. And, you know, like his yeah. His relationship with Ed Reed was was kind of overwhelming and very yeah. significant there. And um, our friend Glenn Eunice had told me like that connect with Chuck, yep. like that he's the guy, he's that dude. And within one conversation, I knew just how special uh, Chuck Pagano was. Look, I, you guys know that um, I I don't have a lot of positive feelings towards the um, the owner of the previous radio station that I worked at that uh, that went under. But I think a lot of people know that his wife went through a, can- a battle with cancer. And I will tell you that Chuck Pagano like, w- was, was, was on the phone daily during that process, was a prominent figure okay. for them and what they were going through, having you know been through what yeah. he had gone through. Yeah. Uh, the reverence that I have for Chuck Pagano is, is overwhelming. I, I love that guy. He's a great guy. and. Um, you know, is is very good at this too. So appreciate him taking the time for us. A uh, couple of things that I had for you here is it is a Friday edition of GCR. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us. Uh, by the way, one the line has moved. It is now Ravens favored by eight at so Superbook.com. Going, going up. up despite all of the injuries. Going up eight points. The number now for the Ravens. On Sunday against the Colts at Superbook.com, use the code GlennClark23 or StanCharles23. And if you make that, if you say eight, <laughs> they're going to win by 20. Well, go ahead. Make a same-day first bet, and if you use that code, it'll be matched in free bets, win or lose, up to $250. So the good news is if you win the bet, great. You got your money and you get free bets. If you're wrong and the Ravens only win by a touchdown, no big deal. You still get all that money in free bets back. So now, go sign me, up right now. Let me just ask you. So if if a gentleman's listening right now who's married, yes. he could he could use Glenn Clark 23 and sign up. Yes. And the wife and, could and use yes, Stan Charles 23. Mrs. Schmarls. Get a, yeah, right. Get a right. totally different. A hundred percent. That yeah, would be an option. And get that, that $250. No question. Yeah. No question. So go sign up right now. And again, the number has moved to eight for the Ravens. All right, uh, did you watch the game, the football game at all last night? No. Okay. Kind of watching baseball, I guess. Forgot it was on. Yeah, it was not. There was nothing exhilarating about it whatsoever. How did Christian McCaffrey play? 
Uh, he played good. The funny thing is, he, he got me like 23 in the one league where I have him. He got me 23 points, and I was like, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Like, I'm that's where we are with Christian McCaffrey. And one of my leagues, I'm going against him and Debo, and uh, that was, was tough. Like that was tough. 50 yeah. points. Just you know what's nice, really weird? You realize the 49ers have now scored exactly 30 points in all three games. Have they really? Exactly 30 points wow. in all three all games three, that yeah. they played this season. Boy, I'd like a, to bet that next yeah, week. Yeah, right. That like, score 30 what a what a weird. You mean exactly 30? Exactly. 30 points not 30 or more exactly the number 30 points in remember the all pool that games. remember the pool that steve barrett used to run over i do remember the 33 pool yeah right i do that's remember an that odd pool. number yeah. uh here's one other number that was pointed out about mike mcdonald against the bengals uh this is from tej smith the bengals so uh epa expected point um oh, I don't added per play added right? per play thank yeah. you so like it, it's a it's a metric to measure the success per play and the Bengals' offense per play since 2021 has a plus .09, right? Okay. Like, every play they run... They're nearly adding... It's the fourth best in the NFL. Okay. Every play they run, they're nearly adding a tenth a point per play on it, the successfulness of those plays. And what is their... Against, against the, Ravens, the Ravens, negative .04. That's a... Uh, That's a- Pretty, Which is pretty good. Yep, yeah, that's yep. not bad. Pretty remarkable. Pretty yeah. remarkable. Um, now, so last night, the Thursday Night Football, it rekindles this sort of weird conversation that exists about the 49ers, which is they look great. All they do is win. But do you believe that they can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy as their quarterback? And it, it is. Uh, I do. <laughs> I mean, I would have. I'd feel a lot more comfortable talking about it had he not gotten hurt. So early in that mm, game. But he's yeah. looked good. He yeah. looked, I mean, like, I, I say he looks good. He misses throws. Yeah. And that's the, the tricky part is that I think down the stretch last season, we were having a conversation about whether or not he could legitimately be Kurt Warner. Like, it's just such a revelation. Mm-hmm. You missed or you just didn't see one of the most talented quarterbacks. Kurt Warner proved to be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever played the game. The more I see Brock Purdy, the less I'm convinced that he's – Kurt Warner, as much as I'm convinced that he's Brad Johnson, yeah, or maybe even Kirk Cousins, like on the high level, he's like Kirk Cousins with a much better team and, around. And him. that's and, the, and what's wrong with that? Can that's, you win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins if you put? And by the way, Kirk Cousins has had a lot of really good players around yeah, him during yeah. the course of his career, and he got yeah. close, of yep, course, yep. like got very close. But can you win a Super Bowl with that caliber of player if you just put up as talented a roster as you can around them. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I, I 30 points a game for three it's a games. Good start. That's a good start. It's a good start. You got to keep everybody yeah. healthy. And, like, there was the moment last night where Debo went down, and you were like, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, they've, they've identified Ronnie Bell as maybe being a thing when Brandon Ayuk was hurt last night and might be a productive part of what they can do moving forward. I'm still struggling. To me, it's the biggest question I still have about the 49ers is if you get to a place where you just simply have to win, you know, they got to go down and score every drive in the second half in order to win because you're facing the Eagles in the NFC Championship game or whatever it is. I I don't know. But I get the idea that you're believing it more and more every time you see him. Purdy is the third. I was going to save it for tidbit, but uh, relevant here. Purdy is the third youngest player in NFL history to throw for 700 yards, at least four passing touchdowns, and zero interceptions through his first three games of a season. The two youngest to do it. Uh, 2018 and 2019. 
uh, the oh, MVP. Okay. Burrow and oh, the MVP. Yeah. Uh, oh, Lamar Jackson, obviously. Lamar Jackson. And then who was the MVP in 2018? Mahomes. Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Mahomes yes. is a, that's those pretty good only, company. Yeah, those are the only pretty two good are. company. Uh, I mean, they are moving the the you know the, the the goal line a little bit. I mean, only four passing touchdowns through three games, but uh, but you know, no turnovers. I think is big, and so I mean, Purdy takes care of the football, which I think is better than no, what it's, Kirk that's does. important. And so, but he also misses like they they he regularly the, misses downfield open throws, right? Like I say, regularly. It's not that's unfair to say it's regular, but three or four times in a game. There's a downfield open throw to be had that he just misses the how, throw. How much is he getting picked off? Not much. That's what yeah, Griffin just said. Not yeah. much at all. Like, he does for the most part. There like was one he, dangerous pass, I think, early in the game that yeah. I remember seeing that should have been picked off. But One question I had about the, the 49ers. What did they end up – why did they get rid of Raheem Mostert? Is that when they got McCafferty last year? And what they, did they – What did they? did they just release him or was that a trade? To the Dolphins, because he is really a good running back. Trying to remember what the story was on Raheem Mostert. Um, I'll give you an answer in two seconds because I, yeah. I don't. Mike, so Mike McDaniel. Yeah, he was, was a free agent. He was a free agent. It was an off-season signing. It was. It was before the se- so he had dealt with an injury in twenty one. Yes, and then um, he signed oh, a no, one year deal with yeah. Miami last year. Okay. okay. Yeah, and then and they it, signed him to a two year deal. Ahead of this season. Right. He's really good. All right. The other question. I know this is something we're going to be writing about for Pressbox. You are an Orioles MVP voter, correct? Correct. Mm. Have you made up your mind yet as to who you will be voting for? Well, it's funny you say that. Uh, Since we changed our email, I... I'm like, we went from using Earthlink to, uh, what do we use? Outlook Outlook now. I just can't find emails. I go in and it's, uh, so I just emailed the Orioles yesterday and explained that to them. I said, you know, it just dawned on me. I never got an email. Did it get lost in the shuffle? And Nate Rowan, the uh, lead PR person, says basically you'll have plenty of time to get a vote in. And he's going to send it to me. So I guess I was unlike, glad to hear that. I guess unlike some seasons where you had to make sure you announced it before the season was over so you could do a ceremony, you could do that before a playoff game yeah. this year so yeah. you don't have to wait and do it early. Yeah. Um, have you have you made a decision yet? I <clears throat> I am between probably four people. Okay, which I'm usually down to one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bautista clearly still gets in some the consideration. Yeah. Uh, I think Anthony Santander. Okay, when I when I focus in on the hits that made a huge difference, I think he's one one of the people I would put in there, and I would uh, put Gunnar Henderson in there. And um, I think my fourth one was uh, Adley Rutschman. So there's someone – I'm between two people, and one of them was not on your list. Okay. So it would have been to me – and by the way, I don't have – to make this clear, I don't have a vote. This is just something that I'm going to write about. We're all going to write about for Press Box. Um, I would have been Felix Batista at the point at which he got hurt. Right. And I do still think there's an argument for Felix Batista, but – it's a tougher argument for me, for yeah. Felix Batista. To the point, I, I think the guy who's going to win is Gunner. I think Gunner is going to end up winning MVP just because he's... When, when he came on, like, <clears throat> if you're the capable... The team went to, just, to a different gear. Exactly, and I think that's the closest thing I can come up with for MVP of the team. Right. But the guy that I think I keep coming back to as... 
and a solid argument for most valuable is Kyle Bradish. The guy that I can't shake in this conversation. That's a, that's a good conversation. Of, I of, mean, that's a good that's a good point of view. Legitimately putting together the best pitching season that we've seen in Baltimore since maybe Eric Bedard's I, best season. And if you know, and if you consider that he's he, not an asshole and you know. didn't didn't come out after five innings, yeah, right? Like right. to the point about the numbers, the numbers are about as good as Eric Bedard and. He pitched deeper into games than Eric Bedard yeah. did. So there's an argument that it's the best pitching season that we've seen since Messina at this point. Yeah. Like, I I think he was better than Tillman's best you season. opened my eyes. I hadn't I, thought about him. The, he's, he's a very interesting choice. It's it's tough because I feel like we're still unwilling to talk about Kyle Bradish as being an ace because we've never thought of him as being that guy. Right, right. But you keep looking at the numbers and you say to yourself, like, in what way is he not an ace? In what way is he not that guy? And he's just shown up and delivered something far more than we could have ever expected coming into this season. He has solidified the top of a rotation. He is the unquestionable Game 1 playoff starter. There is no debate that that's the guy that you want out there starting Game 1 in the postseason. You're you're arguing a real strong case for him. 1.0 whip. Right. 3.01 ERA. In the American Those are season long. Yes. Those are season long numbers. That's nuts. Yeah. It's how many nuts. strikeouts does he have? In, um, in how many innings? 159 strikeouts in 158 innings. So, so he's one per inning. Yeah. It's it's bonkers to me what Kyle Bradish has done this season mm-hmm. and how How many home runs has he given up? Fourteen. Fourteen. Fourteen in twenty eight starts. It's it's, it's incredible yeah. what Kyle Bradish has accomplished this season, and I I'm still struggling, right? Like I don't. And you passed an agility test. And I passed an agility test. Really amazing when you think about it. <laughs> I'm still struggling with like what I'm going to write when we we do this mm-hmm. for press box because I think the answer is just Gunner. But I'm worried that that's because I'm defaulting to the you know the Peter Angelos way of well one guy plays every day and the other right. guy doesn't play every day. Right. But if I'm if everyone was equal, and who's done their job the best this season? And and there's also the the fact that Gunner will probably win the next. Eight. Yeah, he might win all of them for a very long. <laughs> well, maybe time the to fifth, come. fourth yeah. year Jackson Holiday. Yeah, we'll sneak, at some point, yeah, he'll get into the mix. I I can't. Well, so you've argued a good case. I, can't I for some it. reason I'm not focused on starting pitchers. Well, and that's I don't think we ever think of when we use words MVP. We don't tend to think about yeah. starting pitchers. And even the Felix Batista argument <clears> was <throat> difficult because you're like, well, he, what he pitches one inning every, but it was yeah, but he has high impact. On very high impact. Sixty right? games. You know, um, Seventy games. I I don't know. I I can't. I I think I'm gonna default the Gunner, but I'm. I started writing you have, it. You may have convinced me uh, to, to I, look. I started writing it, and then I sort of said to myself, maybe I'm wrong. maybe I'm just falling into the trap of like groupthink, of yeah. this is the easy answer, and I'm not thinking this through more because I, there's, there's no other way for me to describe Kyle. And I feel like somehow it's not getting enough attention nationally, yeah. this season that Kyle Bradish has put together. It's, almost, it's like it's happened and – Baseball as a whole has sort of been like, oh, those plucky Orioles. And well, you know, last night, one of the announcers, they, they had him on last yeah, night. Yeah, Pierzynski brought it up. And right. brought up, uh, you know, Cy, Cy Young Award. And I hadn't thought of him for that either. But, but look at his know. numbers in comparison to the other, you know, yeah. candidates for the Cy Young. Yeah. I, I'm trying to pull up what the odds are at this point. Um, Might be a good bet in that. 
for us. I don't I don't think he's gonna. I think Garrett Cole has been assumed yeah. to be the Cy Young yeah. Award winner. But this is what's crazy to me. Like I did, okay, I just pulled it up from. Um, unfortunately, those that market is not available on Superbook, so you can't bet that there. But I pulled it up on DraftKings. Garrett Cole, overwhelming favorite. Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Kevin Gosman, Framber Valdez, George Kirby, Pablo. There's not even a mention, mention. not even a mention of Kyle Bradish. Hmm. And those are his numbers. Mm-hmm. What what world are we living it's in? It's like a Rodney Dangerfield thing. It is very much I can't get no respect around here. Now I'm curious, MVP, not not team MVP. Right. MVP, AL MVP. is Gunner even uh, he has to? started showing up on odds for right. MVP, but it's 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 an awkward thing because like Shohei is right is gonna win, right? So it's almost like you know here's all of the other guys <clears throat> that it won't be. Um, right now it's Otani, then Seager, Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt are the next couple of guys. So they, if they go fifty for fifty, the final. Games Something here. like that. The gunner could end up uh, uh, getting in there. But I've started to see in some other markets him at least like on page one where he started to be like the sixth or seventh guy listed. But yeah, and I mean, even when we were making our second half predictions, when we were when we did the question, oh, you want to pull those up and just see? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when we were doing our our you know game one, Cincinnati starter. Reds in the World Series. Oh, is that your? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Let's do this. This is fun. Let's okay, go back okay. and revisit because some of these the things first, might still be alive. Yeah. Well, the first question was a little bit of a wash. We said, well, the Orioles acquire a pitcher that immediately goes into the rotation and or one that goes into the bullpen, and we all said reliever. So. So we all missed it. Yeah, we all missed. Well, it. hang on a second, because he is a reliever now. <laughs> so. Do we all get the point, then? <laughs> um, I guess it really doesn't matter. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, well, Connor Norby still be an Oriole, uh, part of the organization in August. Ooh. We all, or uh, Stan and I said yes. Ooh. Glenn Clark said Ooh, That's no. a tough one for me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Will Heston Kerstad play for the Orioles before the season oh, is over? Oh, I think over? I said no on that one, too. Glenn did say no. Stan oh, and I no. both said yes. Oh, I'm in trouble. Oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Thanks a lot you for getting hurt, Ryan Mountcastle, <laughs> you jerk. You might make a nice comeback, though, in the uh, World Series. Yeah, I might need the World Series. Will yeah. the Orioles announce a contract extension for any player before the World Series ends? <laughs> okay, all right, so we still have time here. Yeah, we still have time. How here. do we? You two said no. I said yes. Oh, okay. So, well, I've, we feel good, Yeah, obviously. I guess you should feel good. Stan's got to be feeling great after he lost this thing last year. He's uh, three This for three. is where I start to fall apart. Uh, this is uh, what will the Orioles' win total be? Stan said 96. With, which was the highest, oh, uh, so he's going to win. Uh, Glenn, you said 92. I said 90. We, <laughs> so I don't know what we were thinking. Jeez. What were you guys thinking? I don't Man. know. I don't know. N- non-believers. Um, was this right before the Rays? Like we went into Tampa, or was this right after? I can't I remember exactly know. when we did this. I think it was. I think it was right before. Yeah, because. The race series, I was away that week. Okay. So I think we did these picks right before. Okay. So this was right before the race series and everything really turned around. So who wins the ALE? Stan said the Orioles. You and I said the Rays. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Stan's going to sweep. He might, no, yeah. Not, not <laughs> the World Series does, man. If the Orioles make the playoffs, we know they will be in the playoffs. Who starts game one of a playoff series? None of us said Kyle Bradish. <laughs> Glenn, you said John Means. We don't respect Kyle Bradish. I know, exactly. What's that wrong was kinda, with that us? Was the point, that was the point I was We don't respect Kyle Bradish. How's the rest who, of baseball supposed to <laughs> Do you want to know? He said Gibson, didn't he? Did he did say Yeah, Kyle of course Gibson. he said Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson, yeah. truther. And I said Means. Who did you say? I said Dean Kramer. I mean, it, I, they're all unless, technically still I know, unless Technically, like, they're all still alive, but, yeah. you know. Uh, who will be the MVP, the Orioles MVP? Uh, you two said Felix. I said Adley. <sighs> I think we're going to go for three there. Go for three as well. 
uh, will hide. And then this is the one I'm not sure what else. But that's a bummer because we would have been right if Felix Batista hadn't gotten hurt. Uh, Will Hyde be manager of the year? I said no. I don't. I guess I was. Who did I was, you think was going to be manager? I was thinking the Rays were still going to win the division, and right. I was going to think it would be uh, Kevin okay. Cash. Okay. You both said he will, and yeah, pretty clear that he's going to win like manager of the year. World Series matchup and winner. Glenn and I had the Braves over uh, over Glenn had o- over the Astros. I had Braves over the Rays, and I said the Orioles and the Reds, and, and the had, Reds were going to win. And you said the Reds were going to win. Eek. Who are not eliminated? They are in. I think Eek. the playoffs yeah, ended no. today. I'm eliminated. Eek. Eek. Not great. No. Not great. But I think you po- pocket enough points that you're probably safe. You're probably the World safe. Series thing should count more points. Oh, you want more points for that? No, oh, I mean for more, us. Yeah, yeah I'm, for not gonna, I'm not going. I'm not going to change well, the rules we after get, we play the know, game. You get a point for each team being in it, and then I guess you get yeah, another, another point, point for the winner. winner. Yeah, one hundred percent. Three possible points. One hundred percent in that one. Ah. And all the teams we picked are alive, so yeah, they are. That's <laughs> shows everybody else. That's correct. <laughs> All right, when we come back in, we'll get a tidbit, we'll get tubular, and then we'll chat with uh, the Hall of Famer, James Lofton, to wrap up the show in the week here on GCR. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita 
and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Ties Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership of Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland. And driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to Easy Pass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. Driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Back in here on GCR, Stan the Fan Charles with us as we're winding down. For a Friday edition of the program, if you have not picked up this print issue of Pressbox, still have a couple of weeks left in order to get it. It is at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Bo Smolka did a great job on this uh, cover story all about the contract era now for Lamar Jackson. Again, go pick up this print issue of Pressbox available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Stan. Yes, sir. Um, I feel like there was one other thing that you and I needed to cover, and now all of a sudden, as I say it, I'm blanking on ex- – this happened to me twice. I am starting to worry about my age. I am starting to worry about my brain. You get the other side of 40 now. And- I am really starting to worry about how this is impacting me because I literally was like – I. I who did, hey, by the way, who was the prospect of the Rays called up today? Um, good question. I saw it. Um, name. Oh God, what Cimarino or something, something like that? Yeah. Something like that. And he, they called him up from Double A. Yeah. yeah, seems very aggressive at the end of the season to try to push to try to win the division. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're not gonna. No. Yes, Junior Caminero. Junior Caminero. Yeah. I don't know anything about what's the what's the story. Everybody's got him in like somebody's got him in every league. You know, as a. As a as a ultra player. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they are calling him up. Very to finish up. Number six overall prospect. Uh, this year at uh, between single A and double A, 324, 384, 591, 31 home runs and 94 RBI. So that's, that's pretty good. Would not be productive. up. Would not be up if not for Wander Franco. Sure. Yeah. Sure. A hundred percent. That's why they're willing to take the risk, you know. Um, and look, they've done this before. They've been aggressive with promoting guys at the end of the season and bringing young players into yeah. a playoff push, and it has had a history of working out fairly well for them over the years. So um, apparently, he's only a uh, he's only listed as 157 pounds officially, uh, but ESPN says he's more like 215 pounds. What a waggy now, bit! Yeah, yeah, like what a waggy bit to leave him listed at the same weight as he was once upon a time. All right, uh, want to go ahead and do a tidbit? Want to go there? Tidbit yeah. of the day. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by the Tyus Bowser Show. 
which returns this coming Tuesday night. We will be at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Hope that you can join us live for a taping of the Tyus Bowser and show. There will be a special guest there. There will, of course, be a sp- – and not just Rita, but, and you know, a, a special guest who – a Ravens player, for you mean sure. like a non-hot special well, guest. Well, yeah, wait a second. I don't want to take anything away from whoever a special <laughs> guest is. Try to think of who the more handsome members. You know what? This is a conversation for a different day. Uh, we'll be there on uh, Tuesday night at the uh, Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North for the Tyus Bowser Show. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Find out more. PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The Braves have now won 24 straight games when their starting pitcher goes at least six innings of work, which breaks a tie with the 1935 Cubs and the 1931 Philadelphia Athletics for the longest single-season streak since the mound uh, moved to its current distance. However, they do take a blow as uh, Max Freed just got placed on the IL uh, mm. with a blister. It's all wide open again, baby. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Got put on. He missed like two or three months at the beginning, or two and a half months at the beginning of this, uh, early in the season with yep. the same thing. Uh, so that could be a big blow for the Braves. But uh, so far, they uh, when it, when, st- when their starting pitchers go deep, they win. Didn't he get hurt in the Oriole game? Like he started oh, yeah. a game was against it? the Orioles, and then that's when he got hurt. Was that when it, it was? Sounds right. Yeah, and then he missed two months. But, yeah, uh, Braves, good starting pitching. Uh, we t- talked about it last night, but Jose Ramirez stole his 200th career base uh, earlier uh, this week on Monday, and then last night he stole his 201st career base, and he joins now a list of four players, four active players, with 200 career home runs and 200, 200 stolen, stolen bases. bases. They did throw the graphic up last night. I, I had it before, but I was saving it for, I don't know, when I needed it. And, and how how many players is it? It's four, so three more. Uh, three more in addition to Ramirez. Mm-hmm. And that's current players? Yes, active players. All right, so. It's got to be Ronald that, Acuna. No, not, not have 200, 200 home runs, home runs yet. yet. Okay. Or does he have 200 stolen bases? I'd be surprised if he didn't have 200. Because he had 50 this year. Like, I'd be surprised if he hasn't gotten there. Yeah, but, but like that was... Yeah, I guess he's still young in his career. That's a good point. But that is a... Di- uh, Bryce Harper. Not Bryce Harper. 200 stolen bases is, is so much more than you realize it yeah. is. Like, Especially you gotta- in this era. Well, you know, now we're in probably in a, a revived stolen base era, but, you know, the past 15 years. <sighs> Boy. Is Andrew McCutcheon still active? Andrew McCutcheon is still active. Oh, I guess his, he did uh, like tear his Achilles, so that will probably end his career. But he is considered still active uh, as of this season. Gonna, hey, he's hey, on the list. He's I'm, on the list. He's on. Who's on the list? McCutcheon. McCutcheon. I'm going to guess that Paul Goldschmidt is on the list. Paul Goldschmidt's not on the list. I know he is sneaky with his stolen bases, yeah. but I don't think he's quite to 200 okay. yet. I guess we should guess Trout. Uh, yes, Mike Trout, of course, okay. is on this list. 200-200. Is there any chance that Miguel Cabrera like stole a ton of bases when he was younger? There and, is not. Yeah. I don't. There's not a good chance. But a good try. Though. I mean, I we got to throw somebody out. We got to guess somebody. Um, Acuna's at a uh, 159 and 175. 175 stolen bases. 159 home runs. He did so have 175. Give him a year. He'll uh, yeah. Probably he'll, be he's got to be on this list. Just not yet. Nolan Arenado, Nolan Arenado didn't steal the base. No, he did necessary not. To, uh, do that. I'm, we're, I'm starting to think it's got to be somebody that we like either don't realize is still active or we uh, the Orioles saw him earlier earlier this week. Oh, Altuve. Jose Altuve. 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 Yeah, we should have gotten McCutcheon, that. Trout, and Ramirez. You want we another one? Or, uh, uh, okay, if it doesn't take very long. Oh, uh, yeah, it shouldn't. That was a good think. one. Um, 
Corbin Carroll becomes the 13th, has the 13th individual season now of 25 home runs and 50 stolen bases. Of course, the first rookie to do it as well. We've did that. We've done this tidbit already. So I wanted to flip it, see if there was ever a guy who had 50 home runs and 25 stolen bases in a season, and no one has ever done it. But okay. a couple guys have had 24 stolen bases, uh, and there have been seven guys to have 15 stolen bases in a 50 home run season. 50 home runs, 17 stolen bases. This no, no, is a very 50, 15 stolen bases. In 15 a stolen bases. Brady Anderson? Brady Anderson is Yeah, on that makes list. sense. One that of seven. Sense. Uh, Barry Bonds. Sh- Barry Bonds is not on the list. I guess he only had... The, I keep forgetting he only had one yeah, 50 one. home run seat. That's the goofiest thing ever. Did George Foster steal that many bases? No. 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 Jose Canseco. Not Jose Canseco. Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa is on this list in 1998 when he had 66 homers. Stole 18 bags. Home run guys. Bagwell? Not Bagwell. Not Bagwell. The way you said not Bagwell. Biggio never had 50 home runs. No, not Biggio. Beltran? Not Beltran. I don't know if he had 50 home runs. 50 home runs. Josh Hamilton. Not Josh Hamilton. Did he ever? He didn't have 50. I don't know if he had a 50 home run season or not. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Not Giancarlo. Probably would have been Mike Stanton at the time, probably, yeah. if they had done it. Uh, John Proctor wants to guess Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, last year, is on this list. He had 16 I steals. I did not realize that he stole 16 bases last year. In his MVP He's season. Thief. Uh, thief. Griffey. Ken Griffey is on this list twice. That would be Ken Griffey Jr. Right, not, yes, yeah, I don't think yeah. Ken Griffey Sr. ever had that type of season. Eek. A-Rod. A-Rod. He had 24 stolen bases, so he was almost in that 25-50 uh, club. But in 2007, we, he had 24 steals. Are we still guessing? Yes, we are. Mike Schmidt. Not Mike Schmidt. Mm, sorry, Proctor. Proctor guessed both A-Rod and Griffey right after that. Right. Uh, Two more. 50 home runs. They both played They both played in New York they both when they did played this. In they played in Mickey New Mantle? York. Not Mickey Mantle. Reggie Jackson. Not Reggie Jackson. Longer ago. Longer ago. Roger Maris? Not Roger Maris. Even before that. Ba- there's no way. Did Babe Ruth steal 15 bases? Babe Ruth. Well, that's the most stunning thing I've ever heard in my life. He stole 17 bases. <laughs> what wow. in the world? In 1921. And then in 1955, this guy stole 24 bases. In what, what year? What, what did I say? 1955. 1955. Yeah. This is a Yankee? No, he, well, he played in New York. He's he played in New York. Oh, Willie Mays. Snyder. Willie, Willie Mays. Mays. Willie Mays. Willie Mays. 24 did, stolen bases. But ah, did Babe Ruth... Proctor guessed him, too. Yeah, Proctor, really? I'm sorry. You did great. You, but, did a, you did a tremendous job. But did <laughs> but did Babe Ruth pass the agility test? Yeah, right. Could he have I been mean, in the Baltimore County Police Department? Yeah, maybe the pitchers were just being nice to him, saying, hey, you know what? That sh- maybe could have been a double. Just letting him steal. <laughs> did he run? All, did he steal all those bases against the Orioles? <laughs> maybe. This yeah, maybe. against he faced the CNL Perez and Felix yeah. Batista. Yeah. And if you want to pass the agility test, then uh, you need to show up for the Baltimore County Police Department's next hiring event, October 28th. It's a trunk or treat community event at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson. You can do the hiring process in basically in its entirety, the agility test, the written test, and you can go through the application process right there on the spot. Members of the specialized units will be there in attendance for you to find out more about potential career paths within the police department and just have an opportunity to interact with the Baltimore County Police and um, also get some candy for the kids at the Trunk or Treat, 410-887-4584 or 410-887-5521 to find out more.
Again, the hiring event coming up on Saturday, October 28th at the Public Safety Building. Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, now, here's what's coming up this weekend. And I would say that for like anything that's local, weather pending, I think is what we need to point out. The good news is the Orioles are on the road, right? So Orioles-Guardians tonight, 7 o'clock on Masson 2. Dean Kramer and Shane Bieber tomorrow, 6 o'clock on Masson 2. John Means and Cal Quantrill. Sunday afternoon, 1.30 on Masson 2. Kyle Gibson, and who did you tell me earlier it was? Gabe, Gavin, Gavin, Gavin Williams. Williams. Gavin Williams. Left-hander. For the Guardians. College football tomorrow. Maryland's at Michigan State at 3.30 on NBC. Towson is scheduled to host Norfolk State at 4 o'clock on Monumental Sports Network. We will, we will see, right? Weather pending. Uh, Morgan is scheduled to host Albany tomorrow night, 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Stevenson is scheduled to host Widener. I'm not feeling good about that one right now. Not feeling good about a lot of things that are supposed to be happening this weekend. So just weather pending for everything that is on the slate. Um, everything else, uh, college football-wise, I mean, there's a lot of big games. It's a big game day in college football. Of course, Ohio State, Notre Dame, 7.30 tomorrow night on NBC. Colorado, Oregon, 3.30 on ABC. Ole Miss, Alabama, 3.30 on CBS. It's just big games all throughout the day. You can find the entire slate at glennclarkradio.com. Colts-Ravens, 1 o'clock on CBS Sunday. The late TV game, Fox has Saints-Packers at 1 and then Bears-Chiefs at 425. The Sunday night game, what a barn burner. Steelers-Raiders at 815, just what the entire country. Under. Everybody was saying, we need to inject Kenny Pickett v. Jimmy Garoppolo right into my veins. That's what we've asked for as a society. Everything else you can find. I wonder what T.J. Watt anytime touchdown will be come Sunday night. I, I bet you could get a pretty penny on yeah. that. I bet you could. Did you know that the NHL preseason gets underway this weekend, really? by the way? Wow. I feel like their season legitimately ended on Tuesday. <laughs> like, the NHL preseason starts uh, tonight, in fact, in Australia. Sweet. They're playing at the Rod Laver Arena for some reason. That The Australian Open is where they're hosting that. And the Capitals play on Sunday. The, so. the Capitals are playing is in the Australia? N- no, no, not the Capitals aren't playing in Australia. The Capitals are playing in D.C. on okay. Sunday. The Coyotes and Kings are playing tonight at midnight in Australia. Is that on TV? It is on NHL Network if you want to take a look at that for some reason. If you're up, go ahead. You can bet on it. I'll be up. I'll be up. Don't bet the Coyotes. It's never been a good bet. (laughs) Even in the preseason, I wouldn't bet. You don't know how good they are in Australia. That's a great point. That's a great. This is we've been waiting for this moment. New territories like live in Australia. I thought the NHL did these things during the regular season. Now, where they played these inter, I thought they were playing like international series in the regular season. But I don't think this is a regular. I don't think this won't count towards the regular season. I'm pretty sure until a month later. I'm pretty sure that it's not the case. Non-sports, anything significant? Not a whole lot. It is uh, the Continental Series premiere on uh, Peacock, which is the John Wick prequel. Oh, okay. um, Which is based in like the 70s. It's based on Ian McShane's character. Who's playing John Wick? Uh, I don't know. I think it's well. It's 
it might be I think it's before his oh, okay. right. yeah it's just like about the hotel the oh, continental got it, got it. did um, John Wick uh, pass the agility test I bet he did I bet he would I bet yeah. he had no problem with yeah, the agility I'm test thinking. yeah I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm bad it counts yeah. your toward your agility score if you avoid bullets yes and, and kill 500 people <laughs> in the span of yes I think the because uh, one of one of the parts of the agility test is firing a weapon mm. I think John Wick handled that part yeah. of it just fine yeah uh, otherwise, not a whole lot. On uh, tonight on CBS, the secret celebrity renovation, okay. Devontae Adams. No, no. Devontae Adams is renovating. Any, anything at all we need to talk about? No. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Glenn Find it there. Did you see? Have you seen that show? Do you remember Survivor when it first came on the sure. air? Boston Rob, oh, Boston Rob Marciano. I vaguely remember Boston Rob. Right, he was like a jerk yeah. that yeah. won. He, he snuck not a jerk. past everybody. He, he was He's got it. a show now. My wife is obsessed with like, really? these redo, you know, oh, redoing houses. Yeah. JB Smoove was on it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> renovating, renovating his. Do we know if they even filmed another season of Curb before the? The strike. I happened? think they did. Okay, I think so they there could did. be one of those coming. Yeah, I think it'll come in the next couple of weeks, but I don't know that for a fact. But this show, so Marciano has a, you know, like a renovation company, and he's on with some cute woman, and they they're they're going to redo JB Smooth's mother's home, uh, okay. grandmother's home, okay, down in North. I think it was in North Carolina, and they show up, and the house is. Off the charts, much further than that is. Oh, they come to shambles. the conclusion that the only way to do this is to tear, tear it, it all down. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's not what the show is it's supposed to be yeah. renovating a house. So exactly they came right. up with an idea of putting you're going to ruin the sanctity of Boston Rob <laughs> renovations or whatever. Right. Jeez, goes, well that's not this show. But JB Smooth came up with an idea. They they bring in a they tractor bulldozer it down. He actually drives the bulldozer. Okay. JB Smith. All right. I'm. I'm now. You've got yeah. me. But they they come up with an idea. Supposedly, it's his idea to bring in a uh, mobile home that they're then you know that they then fix up or something like that. that. Okay, I need to know. All right, I might. Oh, he was I, hosting. I, I this, he was hosting Secret Celebrity Renovation at least last season. He was. Oh, that was his show. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was his show, but he was hosting. Right. I, I, I give up. I, I couldn't give up. I, I don't know whether he's hosted this show or not. I'm lost. <laughs> Go to GlennClarkRadio.com. Find out what's coming up this weekend. If you but. say so. I gotta watch. I haven't watched the new episode of Wrexham yet. I need to do that. Uh, maybe today I can squeeze some time in. I got. Uh, I got Spalding Calvert Hall tonight. Is um is my my one. game that's on NLSE Next Level, which I believe you can get on Directv. Oh, wow. So that's why I have to wear a button down shirt. Oh, that's what this is. Okay, yeah, it's the only reason why Pleated I'm wearing pants. a button down shirt, yes, is because I think that's available on TV tonight. Wow. So I got to do a little out. I got to do my hair. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I really wanted to get a haircut, but I think I'm gonna run out of time for that. <sighs> All right, and that I, I get. Can cut you. I can cut you. You gotta take care of that yeah, before I go. Fifteen dollars. When is the uh, when's the rain supposed to start? By the way, um, is it supposed to start today? That's what I don't know. I'm worried. Let's a little wor- a little worried Let's about that. See. There's a wind advisory today, so, so yeah, I guess don't you have to that. cover up your hair. Don't love that. All right. Um, no, it won't start. It won't start until about midnight tonight. Okay. All right. All right. Hopefully that. Uh, maybe maybe eleven. We'll see. I don't like this. I don't like this what's, at what, all. What time is it? How late's the game gonna go? You'll be. Um, I just don't. I mean, all right, whatever. We'll talk about it later. Okay. All right, very good. Stan, you'll be on with the boys tomorrow morning on the bat around. Yes, sir. That's the plan. Paul and Zach, ten to noon tomorrow. You're afraid you're melt because you're so sweet. Yeah. Thank you. What are you doing? 
Also, Stan, uh, as he mentioned, Dan Duquette will join them Monday, um, probably a little bit earlier, a little bit yeah, in the afternoon. I forgot that it was uh, the first night of Yom Kippur. And uh, at Stan the Fan on Twitter, as always, is yep. how you follow him. Yep. At Glenn Clark. Oh. X. Is it X now? No, we don't do that here. Uh, I want to make sure we thank everybody today. Thanks to Chuck Pagano. Thanks to Bo Smolka. Thanks to whoever this is that's calling me. Maybe to tell me there's no game tonight. Not worth a little worried about that. Uh, and thanks also to James Lofton, who we're about to hear from. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, Project Game Day on Sunday. Then Monday, I don't know, we'll have oh, a show for you. Yes, we'll talk about the Ravens, the Orioles, the whole deal. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, Dorchester County, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin, at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great weekend. Go Birds, go Ravens, go Maryland, go Towson, Morgan, the whole deal. Duke sucks. We wrap up today's show by chatting with the Hall of Famer, James Lofton, right here on GCR. Well, you can catch our next guest alongside Beth Moens, Jay Feely, and Amanda Renner this Sunday, 1 o'clock, as the Ravens take on the Colts on the NFL on CBS. It is always a pleasure to be joined by the Hall of Famer, James Lofton, who is with us here on GCR. James, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's so good to catch up. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Well, it's great being here. Ravens off to a good start, so we're looking forward to the ball game. James, I I am really finding it hard to not get carried away about what the Ravens did last week, and I <laughs> I get it. Like it's week two, and let's not get too overwhelmed. But I, you know, everything that they have going on injury wise to go into Cincinnati, like or not, you know, just the fact that the offense looked as sharp as it did. I am. I'm really struggling to not suddenly say, "All right, this might be, you know, maybe the best team in the AFC. This might be the team." I, I'm really struggling to not get carried away about what this team did last week. Well, it's it's the early stage, and you know, when you have a team, each year you have to look at like you're raising a child, and you're you're waiting until this child graduates from college. So, this is elementary school. Not that the <laughs> opponents are elementary opponents. But you just didn't start it with the season, and you, you want some growth, and you saw some growth in this team over what you had seen in previous years, I think. No, I, I, do, I tend to agree with that, and I think the biggest thing is there, the questions that we had about, hey, what's this going to look like with a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin and a new system, and... I mean, that looked, Lamar Jackson looked like he was an orchestra conductor last Sunday. He looked like he had total command of that offense. Is it fair for us to think that that might still be ascending, that if that's what it looked like, you know, as he's only playing his second game in that system, that somehow that might still get better as the year goes on? Well, I think you have to really credit the offensive line because you were able to, run the ball, you were able to pass protect, and I think that's that's the key thing right there for, for any quarterback who's standing back in the pocket to be able to look down the field and find the open receivers. Now, to your point, I thought it was the absolute best that I have seen this offensive line play. I mean, I thought it was one of the great perform offensive line performances I've ever seen in Ravens history, particularly given who they were without. Um, James, I, I wonder you know, what you made of everything the Ravens did in the offseason – to finally kind of take some some strides at the wide receiver position, to put weapons on the field 
for Lamar Jackson to commit to more of a pro-style offense and what your expectations were coming into the year because of it and how you feel about the, the trajectory of where they are with all of it? Well, I, I think what we are watching, and we watched it when Lamar came into the league, that we're redefining what a pro-style offense really is. Because look at the quarterbacks who are coming out of college into the NFL draft, getting drafted earlier. They look more like Lamar than they did Johnny Unitas. I mean, that's certainly fair. There's no question about that. That said, we know that this was an offense that was more committed to running the ball under Greg Roman, and it feels like they were more willing to open it up now moving forward. And obviously, they, they have not made this type of commitment at wide receiver certainly since Lamar Jackson's been the quarterback of the team, how important do you think those steps were for taking a step towards being a Super Bowl contender in a loaded AFC? Well, I think that perception is also reality. And so when you go out and you acquire uh, talented receivers, former first-round picks, Aguilar, OBJ, you draft Zay Flowers early, you are making a commitment that then works in the plan that you have for your offense. Uh, he is James Lofton, the Hall of Famer. He'll be on the call Sunday, 1 o'clock, for Ravens-Colts on CBS. James, are, how concerned are you about this running back situation in Baltimore without J.K. Dobbins? You know, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill looked pretty good a week ago. Uh, you know, there there are people that think that maybe they should be in the mix for Jonathan Taylor. We don't know if Justice Hill's going to play on Monday. How concerned are you about no J.K. Dobbins moving forward for the Ravens? Well, a, a little bit disappointed for J.K. himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you get injured and you have to work your way back, when you're out a year, when you're watching your teammates do what they need to do, that's yeah. always tough, and, and it's never a situation that you want to put any player in. James, one of the things that can't, I think concerned a lot of Ravens fans coming into the season was the other side of the ball, right? Was that this was a very un-Ravens-like way to build a defense, and we've seen them already depleted in the secondary. Marcus Williams banged up. Marlon Humphrey banged up. But, again, they hung on. They played well a week ago. I, I, is this just the way it maybe works now moving forward for the Ravens, that this is the NFL, and the NFL you don't build the 2,000 Baltimore Ravens defense. In the NFL, you, you got to win games with your offense and maybe do just enough defensively. Well, when you, when you look back in history and you see – the great teams that the Ravens had on paper, it really was focused on the defense. And they were playing a different style of defense than a lot of other teams around the league. Um, now it's different. You can't hit the way you used to be able to hit. You can't cover the way you used to cover. So those things are, are kind of taken away a little bit. And if you can put 24 points on the scoreboard and your defense can hold up, you can win a lot of games. And I think that this is the way that this team is structured. And don't forget, they've still got two pretty good inside linebackers, in, in yeah. Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. There's no question. That is the strength, the best uh, in, you know, inside linebacker duo in football. And those players, you know, Patrick Queen in particular, we knew how good Roquan was. Man, Patrick Queen has really come on. Uh, James, on the flip side for Sunday, uh, a Colts team that I think everybody wrote off coming into the season. Clearly, we don't know who's going to be on under center. It's not looking great for Anthony Richardson. What, if anything, makes the Colts dangerous on Sunday? Well, a name that won't be on the field is Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator. And he's fashioned great defenses everywhere he's been. 
when he was in Seattle than when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars as their head coach. So he always has a nice plan coming in. Simple. The front four get after the quarterback. They don't have to blitz a lot. So when you don't have to blitz, you have guys in coverage. And um, they can put pressure right up the middle with DeForest Buckner, who is one of the better defensive tackles around the National Football League. You mentioned guys who uh, aren't going to be on the field. And, of course, Gus Bradley will be at the game. The one guy that definitely won't be at the game, of course, is Jonathan Taylor. I, I, how, what do they do there? Like, what, It's such a more – you know, you brought up the J.K. thing, and I think I feel like – Part of what we're all feeling for J.K. is that it comes in concert with what's happening in the league right now at the running back position, and I don't have answers for it because I I do get that at like some point teams are saying, well, we got to save money somewhere, and to pay all these quarterbacks, running back looks like the spot where they're trying to do it, but it's certainly unfair to these players who are going out and battling and grinding what do the Colts do about Jonathan Taylor? At some point, do they simply have to try to move him for whatever they can get? Well, the money factor was also an issue. Remember when Jimmy Graham was the hot tight end and he didn't want to be classified as just a tight end. Mm. He wanted to be a wide receiver because mm-hmm. they made a little more money. Maybe it is the running back position where uh, Austin Eckler, who touched the ball over 300 times last year, Maybe you would get a category where, okay, how many touches did you have in your position grouping? Because I think that would determine a lot more your value than just uh, an arbitrary number, as people talked about, as the running back position. Yeah, So it's tough being a running back now, but but it sure beats being a running back from the 70s period. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) That is fair. You're not wrong about that. (laughs) Um, Do they have to move on? Do they have to – like, I, I feel like there's no way that you know we're going to get two weeks down the road and Jonathan Taylor's just going to walk in and be like, you know what, guys, I've changed my mind. Let's, let, let's go to work. Yeah. Like, do they have to deal him? Well, Cam Akers was in, in the same pot last year, and he started playing well toward the end of the season. I think he wanted to play well toward the end of the season to up his value. When his value didn't get up, he was still uh, a little bit disgruntled this year, and so he moves on. Who knows what's going to happen? Because in this business, you're here one day, gone the next. And there's there's no gradual uh, leaving of a team. Nobody says, okay, we're, we're going to cut you in three weeks and enjoy your time around your teammates for the next three weeks, and right. then you're going to be gone. It doesn't work that way. One week you are a Colt or a Dolphin or a Raven or a Packer, and then the next day you are unemployed. That is true. That is tends to be the way that it works. Just another minute or two here with James Lofton as we get ready for Ravens-Colts Sunday at 1 on CBS. James, I wonder, I mentioned earlier the murderer's row in the AFC. Is it simply, uh, is the story, hey, who's going to stay the healthiest and we get to January? Or is there a way for one of these teams, whether it's the Ravens, the Dolphins have obviously looked good early, to separate themselves from this insane group of quarterbacks and high-level teams in the AFC? Well, you can't separate yourself from the high-level teams because they're going to be there at the end, either as divisional winners or wild-card participants. And, and you're right. In the AFC, there are a lot of good quarterbacks and a lot of quarterbacks who are in that upper echelon of pay. So those guys are going to be around when the season is winding down and you just got to go out and compete against them. Anyone in particular that, you know, is really jumped off the page at you in the early couple of weeks of you doing games? 
Well, we had the uh, Los Angeles Chargers last week when they went in to play the Tennessee Titans, and so we had also watched that game from week one with Justin Herbert, and he's a tremendous talent, but he's kind of uh, sitting there on the outside because if you look at their last three ball games that I'm tossing in last year's right, the, playoff the loss Jaguars. to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and so there's a, a talented guy who, who may be out of the loop when you talk about who's going to be there at the end. How do you explain that, Jay? Like, how is it that someone that, that's that good, they just haven't, I, I, and I don't, I'm not blaming him. I don't know who to blame. It just, it's so weird that when you have such a talent and seemingly have surrounded him with talent, you haven't been able to do more with it as a team. Well, over the years, uh, what I've learned is that if you're on offense, you can point your finger at the defense the first couple times it happens. If you're on defense and it's the offense's problem, you point your finger at the offense. The next time, people start pointing fingers at the head coach or the coordinator and different things like that, and then all of a sudden, there's an off-season change. And so when you see these off-season changes, you know that there's been some issues, and sometimes when that head coach goes and the general manager goes, you start anew. But to the players remain, especially the high-paid quarterbacks, very rarely do they move other than a Russell Wilson. All right. Before I let you go, uh, the list of first-year candidates for the Hall of Fame came out this week, and one of the names that was on it yeah. was former Raven Haloti Nada. And this is a tough one for me because there was a time in Haloti Nada's career that I said, this guy is a Hall of Fame caliber talent. But I, I don't know if he had the, the career that stands up. When you hear the name Haloti Nada, as, as someone who is very involved in this process, James, and, of course, wears a gold jacket yourself, do you think Hall of Famer? Well, I, I am one of the selectors, and mm -hmm. what I've realized now is how difficult it is to whittle down that list to five because we get a uh, thick binder at the end of February with about 135 names in it. And I've often told some friends of mine, hey, look through this and, and pick out five guys. And they get to about number 45, and they've already picked out five. You still got 90 more guys to go. And so it is a process that is, to me, it's painful when I, when I go through it because I look at the guys who I thought were great players who don't get the votes, who, who don't get put in. And uh, there are a lot of great players who are out there sitting on the sidelines. A couple guys from my era that I think were Hall of Famers and Roger Craig and Everson Walls, mm -hmm. who, who aren't in. And uh, they're in that senior category now. So, Haloti Nada, great player. You had to learn how to pronounce his name. And when you are good enough, when nobody can read your name the correct way and everybody knows how to say it, you know that you're a pretty good player. There's no doubt, right? There's no doubt in my mind. But to your point, obviously, it is a really, really loaded group and, and a lot of great candidates. And as good as Haloti Nada was, and, you know, a five-time All-Pro, man, I – I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We're rooting for him, obviously, here in Baltimore, but I don't know. I don't know. All right, uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock on CBS, of course, uh, James Lofton, Beth Moens, Jay Feely, and Amanda Renner on the call. Ravens, Colts in Baltimore. James, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for spending time with us this morning. I imagine we will be uh, talking to you again as the season goes on and you're getting ready to do another Ravens broadcast. Really appreciate you doing this. Hey, thanks for the time. I appreciate it.